Hi, everybody. I'm Rick Todd. And I'm Jeremy Williams, and you're listening to Wine. Why Not, a queer podcast. Episode 51. <sighs> 51. Ooh. Such a big number. It's so big, I can barely count to it. The the, the penultimate, is that what it is? The penultimate yeah. episode of the year. Yeah. Of yeah. the, of the um, fiscal year. Of the... <laughs> Not pod- of the calendar year. The podcast year. We run from... Mid-January to mid-January. You know, we're not cool or smart enough to have realized this beforehand, but we could have totally done, like, gay alien movies for this time. Mm. Oh, yeah, because it's, it's 51. Yeah. Like, Area 51. But we didn't. Because we're not cool enough or smart enough. Unless you consider Dan Levy, since he's Canadian, to be an alien. <laughs> well, I'm going to... Got anything you want to say about that email? Email Jeremy at WWN at watermarkonline.com. Dan Levy. Or as he's known in his new movie, Daniel Levy does not listen to our podcast. (laughs) Okay, so when we get to it, you'll explain to me the difference between Dan Levy and Daniel Levy. Yeah. And why they're they're there. Why Dan Levy is playing Mark as Daniel Levy. Yes. Okay. Because I'm going to need that explained. Yeah. It's anyway. like um you know like when you're you're a kid and you've got like a kid nickname. Perfect example. My brother. His name is Joseph. I, I with most people I think he goes by either Joseph or Joe. Um when he was a kid he went by Joey. But I think Joey might sound like, you know, oh that's my kid's kid nickname. I think that's what he's doing here. Like I'm Dan, but uh professionally I'm a grown-up now. I've won Emmys. <laughs> I'm making dramas. My name is Daniel. Then why doesn't it just say Daniel Levy? What do you mean? <laughs> Didn't it just say Daniel Levy everywhere? No. No, not what I looked up. IMDb. It says that Dan Levy plays Mark, in parentheses, as Daniel Levy. Yes, they will do that um, if they change what their their celebrity name is. Uh. So on IMDb, um, there are some actors like early in their career will have like their real name. Um, or for example, Prince. if you go to oh. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson's IMDb page, his early work, like in the um, Scorpion King and all that stuff, it is listed as Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Everything he does now, he's just Dwayne Johnson. But if you go on to IMDb, it'll be when you go to like that one, it says Dwayne Johnson, and in parentheses it says Dwayne the Rock Johnson. In case you don't know, <laughs> that they are the same person. Well, there might be there might be two people with the same name. <clears throat> yes, I know they try to avoid that. Yeah, they'll. There's if you're a part of the um, the guilds, uh, you can't have the same name. So um, that's why a lot of celebrities will change their name and they'll have their stage names. But in the different guilds, if they have the same name, so if you have like Dan Levy the actor, but also Dan Levy Craft Services, <laughs> IMDb <laughs> will list them with Roman numerals. So you'll have like Dan Levy one, which is probably the more famous, and then Dan Levy two. Who makes your tuna sandwiches when you're shooting on set? Is 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 Dan Levy Craft Services? Is is he the one who makes the food, or he just tends to making sure it's all there and neat and clean? I think Craft Service does both. This particular Dan Levy, I believe he has a company in where he oversees nine people, all called Dan Levy, 
to make and process the foods. I'm, and put I'm them very out. curious about this now. Like, what kind of food do they make? Is it like is it like Canadian craft services? It's all Canadian. Do bacon. they make when they make bacon mm-hmm. in Canada? Do they just call it bacon? <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know. I have a question about that in this movie we're talking about too. Um, that we're going to talk about later when they're at a restaurant and they're eating, and I'm like, are they just eating onion soup? Uh, or eating <laughs> French onion soup because of where they are. I see what you're saying. I find it interesting. You know, like like it's that whole cheesesteak thing. I went to Philadelphia and I asked them for a Philadelphia cheesesteak. And they said, what the hell are the kind are you going to get? It's true. They were not wrong. By the way, for those who, who didn't hear, Canadian bacon is not a term that is used in Canada. I'm going to start saying American bacon. Ooh, I'm not going to say Merkin bacon, though, because it kind of sounds mm. weird. sounds like I'm saying something else. Yeah. Ooh. Never nope. had that. Don't want no Merkin on your bacon. <laughs> never never had that kind of bacon. Ew. <laughs> anyway, so yes, we are... Excuse me. We are uh, on episode 51, I just starting off point. the new year. Yes. I just want to point out yes. that... that Caitlin sits in here to sort of answer questions for us and to like take notes. If like we say something that sure. makes us laugh, she'll write it down. And I'm laughing right now at the knowledge that she has to write down Merkin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you're welcome for that. Jotting down dirty notes over there. <laughs> I don't like it. This is what I had to do for work today, y'all. I had to write Merkin Bacon down. Um, so, uh, yes, uh, let's, uh, uh, we have housekeeping stuff. I'm working without a script. I realize, I don't know if you put oh, it on really? my desk or not, but, uh, no, oh, I got it. Here there we go. go. I realized when I sat down and we started recording, I was like, I don't know if he put it on my desk or not, but I did not snatch oh up gosh. a script. And it's like the first time in a month that the openings went smoothly and you didn't have a script. Yeah, and the other times it's like winging it. Apparently when I rely on my muscle memory, um, I do much better than reading. Very proud That's of you. That's what that says. <laughs> um, oh, it says next, uh, housekeeping. Let's talk about housekeeping. Well, it's just, you know, oh, we just like to remind people they can follow us on the socials. We do. We have socials, um, which my one of my resolutions this year is to be more active on them. So um, there will be posts up for what we're talking about today. Uh, and uh, a couple of things we'll be talking about in the coming weeks. Um, but yeah, give us a like on Facebook and Instagram. And I promise I will be more active on both yeah and you be more active too feel free comment like share email us if you got something to say as i tell my family and friends when i finally hear from them and they're like you never call it works both ways you can always pick up your facebook and shoot me a little message beautiful fans we appreciate (laughs) you uh didn't that isn't that what caused you to stop facebook for a while was people doing that well Two things stop me from constantly being on Facebook. First, um, I feel like social media has given way too many avenues for people to reach out to you. And I was just getting messages. Like my phone would ding all night and it'd be like somebody is trying to reach you. And I don't know if it's through text message, through Facebook, through Instagram, through email, through Snapchat, uh, WhatsApp, Kick, uh, Twitter. I can name Uh, a few more. There's a lot of ways for people to get a hold of you. It's absurd. So I decided to get rid of all of them. Um, I did not completely get rid of Facebook because uh, I require Facebook to do part of my job. Uh, But I got rid of my Twitter, 
um, which they call X now. Uh, I got rid of my X. Um, I got rid of my Instagram. Um, I got rid of my Kick WhatsApp. All these apps that my phone was just packed with. I was trying to be as social as possible, and I got rid of all of them. That is partly um, the reason is I needed to just limit how people could get a hold of me. Just funneled through one. I like text messaging. The other one is I was getting some weird, creepy messages on Facebook Messenger from people I had never met, but who read Watermark or still read Watermark um, and really liked what I wrote so much that they wanted to show me photos of them in the nude. So just random. And I love you all. It's a gift. It's great headline, Jeremy. Here's my penis. Yeah. Um, I can't believe you got that interview with Shirley MacLaine, Jeremy. That was amazing. Here's my penis. Oh, that was not me with Shirley MacLaine. That was uh, Did you forward else. that on? No. Do you remember Shirley MacLaine? Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't here for that one, but I've heard the stories. She was She was not impressed with the person interviewing no, her. No. She, does, she went off on him. Yeah. Well, Yelled basically just like a... Um, she just said, are you reading questions off of a page? Just have a conversation with me. She didn't like the... That's great. Now, when you found, you know. I would, I would love to interview Shirley McClain. If you're listening, Shirley, give me a call. You know what? Reach out to me on Facebook. If you reach out to me on Facebook Messenger and send me a photo, I will respond. <laughs> I am not going to do your interview, but here's my vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Shirley. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Reach out. We have an email address also. Which I don't. It is. It is WWN oh, it is at watermarkonline.com. That yeah. stands for wine. Why not? At watermarkonline.com. And that makes sense because it's the name of the podcast. It is. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Nothing yeah. special on the wine front today, huh? No, no. I was actually, we talked about this before we started recording. I highly considered doing a dry January. And uh, right before we started recording, I was coming back from a press conference and uh, for someone else. I wasn't holding it. Um, it was a work-related press conference. I was coming back, and I was like, listen, uh, I had uh, we have a new intern, a couple of new interns starting this semester. One started today. Took him to a press conference. I was like, hey, I got to stop by the store. Um, and I had to get some wine. I was like, I'm not doing that dry January thing. Maybe dry February. We'll see. It's a um, shorter month. Yeah. So I went in and uh, uh, got the wine, and I was just going to grab it. And she goes, do you want a bag? And I was like, yeah, I should probably take a bag. I don't know what kind of impression that's going to give my new intern <laughs> if I come walking out with a bottle of wine. That also led to me, I will just buy the small, inconspicuous cardboard box of wine today. What so if he doesn't you were think like, I'm just a drunk at no, work. You just get get in the car, like you sit back in the car and you go, I'm really glad you're here now. <laughs> Throw it back. Take a few swigs of it. Um you're doing great. He would have felt real safe with me in the car. Um, and it's it's not his fault uh, or any of the interns' faults that I'm getting older. But as I get older, I feel like Matthew McConaughey for that movie. I get older, but the kids just stay the same age in college. But they just look younger and younger to me. And um, we went to the press conference, and uh, the lady came in. And she was like, oh, thanks for coming. And I was like, oh, this is Connor. And... Um, I was like, he's uh, one of our interns from UCF. Um, I felt like an uncle who was taking his nephew out. And it's like, oh, here's my nephew seeing what I, it's, it's like work, uh, see what your dad or your uncle do at work day. Um, they just, they're <laughs> so young these days going to college. Um, but I stopped to get the wine and I was, <laughs> I was like, 
uh, you want to come in or are you going to wait in the car? He goes, I'll just wait in the car. And he pulled his phone out. And I was like, this is what it must feel like to have children. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to go shopping, Dad. I'm just going to be on my phone. <laughs> well, I'm glad he didn't go in. What if they carted him and you're, they would have thought you were buying wine that. for somebody who's underage? But yeah, because um, I, di- I mean, I didn't ask what his age is, but um, – I don't know. I don't. I, most kids in college are under twenty one anyway, aren't they? And, so he probably I think juniors and seniors are yeah. are maybe twenty one. So yeah, he uh, yeah he would have messed up my game trying to get wine in there. They have been like, sir, I'm sure you're buying it for that young man over there. Is like that's my student. Leave him alone. What if they were like, you should make them love you for you. You don't have to do these things. <laughs> that's anyway, not what this is okay. Sure, um, Jan. Anyway, so I got my wine in a box in a bag, <laughs> and uh, intern is uh, working out really great. It's a good guy. Good. Works, working really good. Already cranked out some good stories. Really dig it. Really? And it's been five hours. It has, and he's already working on a second story. All right, good job. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's what I've been doing. How was your was week? Was that your whole week? I mean, I, I it's been over. It's been over a week. It's been like a week and a couple of days. Yes, because we actually days. recorded the last one right before New Year's. Yes. Um, and uh, so, what'd you do for New Year's? Did you do anything fun? I did. <laughs> it de- depends what you what you think is fun. What, how do you <laughs> define fun? I had fun. I didn't go anywhere. I had a friend over, and we hung out, and it was a good time. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I had a really good time on New Year's. Can, we, can I ask a question? Sure. How long have you known this friend? Or how oh, long had you known the friend? When was when... the intern pursuit? No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, this is a friend that I've known for a couple of weeks. Met him online. We've been chatting. He oh, came okay. over and hung out for New Year's. Oh, very nice. Yeah. So, uh, so it was like a date? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Did you kiss at midnight? <laughs> sure did. <laughs> I just want to know about the kid. <laughs> yes. It was a good time. I did get a kiss at midnight. And that was nice because it's been a few years. Usually, I'm not a New Year's guy. Um, usually between Thanksgiving and Christmas, it's a very busy time between visiting family and the holidays and uh, lots of work events and Christmas parties and all that. And by New Year's, I'm like, I don't want to go out. I don't want to do anything. Um, and this individual I had been talking to was like, Hey, did you want to hang out? And I was like, I don't really like going out on New Year's, but you can come over and hang out. And he's like, yeah, that sounds great. So we hung out and we drank some wine and we played some video games. Um, it was just a couple of bros hanging out. Bros like in the movie bros. Uh, <laughs> very much like bros, the movie bros. Well, so much fun. in fact that if Ryan knew what was happening, he probably hated it. What? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Ryan would have walked out. He would have walked. He would have walked out at nine thirty. Yeah, he'd been like, "I don't like this." He would have got there at nine. He would have walked out at nine thirty. That's right. He'd have been thrown out by nine forty. <laughs> Suck it, Ryan. How was your New Year's? <laughs> what did you watch? Oh, you played video games. Did we you played watch some video games. Game? Did you watch um, the ball fall or anything like that? Okay, here is, and I feel like the universe is out to get me at this point because we all know. I think the whole world knows. Uh, my disdain for an individual by the name of Andy Cohen. I don't I, care. I for think him. Uh, Oprah actually talked about it last night. At she the did. Um, she said, uh, "Shout out to Jeremy." I too don't like Andy Cohen. <laughs> um, no, she didn't. You know who did though? Madonna doesn't like the Andy Cohen. He showed up at her concert and she called him out and said, uh, "Called him a, a uh, I'm paraphrasing a drama chasing queen." 
and said, stop talking about me on your show. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was hilarious. Um, anyway, so. Do you think like his people like messaged her and was like, Andy Cohen's in the audience. Like, oh, you should say something about him. And she's like, okay. Maybe. He was right throughout. At the, he was like front row. Mm. I mean, he's got the money. So oh, okay. he's sitting there front row at the New York City, her New York City concert. And um, she called him a drama queen or something and said, stop talking about me on your show. Um, she said it. I think she was being playful, but she, you know when somebody's being playful, but you can hear in their voice, they're serious. Yeah. Shut the hell up and don't talk about me on your show. Uh, I was, and I he probably it. uncomfortably laughed. Like, ah, he was like, ha ha. And then I saw a clip of him on his show. He's like, ha ha ha, Madonna. You're and so then funny. Anderson Cooper came out on stage, slapped Madonna in the face and said, <laughs> keep Andy Cohen's name out your mother mouth. Uh, hilarious. Um, <laughs> and then he giggled. So we played some video games, and then as we got closer to midnight, um, we were looking at watching the ball drop. And I tried. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. How old was he? <laughs> old enough. Okay. Um, old enough not to get me arrested. <laughs> okay. Uh, old enough to drink. I did not supply alcohol to minors. All right. Um, so um, we were checking out all the different apps. So um, I was looking for. Um, on Hulu and because Disney owns ABC, so I was like, Hulu or Disney Plus must have the Dick Clark's Rocket yeah, like with Seacrest. Yeah, no, couldn't find it. Um, so then I was like, okay, well we'll do CBS. CBS has Paramount Plus and they've got their CBS channel, and they had some country bumpkin celebration in nashville <laughs> and i watched like five minutes of that and i was like we're gonna change this i, I can't i think they did that last year too they, yeah their with, thing they is, had miley cyrus and, yeah, and dolly, dolly parton. parton theirs is the the country crowd um and i was just i was adamant i did not want to watch cnn and after going through all the apps i realized max has cnn and that is the only app that had a legit ball drop happening so i looked at my friend and he's like let's just watch it he goes there. I know that you don't like Andy Cohen because you told me four hundred times. <laughs> um, but it, you know, it just it still be fun. So we turned it on just as um, the cat thing with um, John Hilarious. Mayer, the cat uh, cafe in Japan, and Anderson Cooper losing it at the cat's ass <laughs> in the camera. They were like right there, and I we started I mean, cracking up as he was cracking up, and I was like, all right, we'll leave this on. And I enjoyed it in spite of Andy Cohen. Not because of Andy Cohen. He had nothing to do with my enjoyment factor. In spite of him, I enjoyed watching you the know, ball drop on CNN. Andy, what's funny is Andy Cohen kept saying to him, I, don't, I need you to explain this to me. I need you to explain to me what's happening over there. And finally, John Mayer goes, I don't know what else to tell you, Andy. <laughs> I'm in a bar. And there's cats. I'm in a cat bar. <laughs> What else can I tell you? I was like, uh, I did not realize up. that John My- Meyer, John Mayer was uh, so hilarious. I really enjoyed him. I would like him to replace Andy Cohen and him <laughs> and Cooper. He um, was really good at like playing serious. Yeah. about it all. Yeah. Um, also, he probably um, could have been just really high too, and uh, I'm sure trying to to be serious yeah, and not understanding why it was so funny. To focus and that just. High people trying to focus. It's just hilarious as it, uh, all in its own. He's like, why is this Why is this queen laughing at me? I'm just, there's a cat. 
Yeah, at a bar. Um, the <laughs> other part that I really enjoyed was when um, Bowen Yang and his podcast partner. I wonder if people. I was thinking this because I was like, I have no idea who that guy is. If people refer to one of us like that, like, did you listen to Jeremy with his podcast partner? <laughs> um, but they were on there. I would. Ref- I would. I would prefer if that's the way it goes down that people say, "Have you listened to Jeremy and his Plus Ones podcast?" <laughs> You know, the one with the black the black lanyard. I him. think we have the name of our next podcast. <laughs> Jeremy plus one. Um, but when they were talking, and um, I forget what they were talking about. Very gay stuff. Um, but Anderson Cooper mentioning that um, he felt like the straightest person on the stage at that moment cracked me up. Because uh, he, he literally had no idea any gay stuff that they brought up. Had no idea. I don't know what that man does in his day to day. I mean, I'm sure he does legit news and doesn't have time for housewives or um, that the, the one game they played. Yeah, they did that game. Like and he was like, whatever. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. And oh, was it this or a housewife? Was it real life or was it on housewives? So I wouldn't have yeah. I wouldn't have been good at that either. I don't know anything about the housewives. All I know is that Andy Cohen brought that mess on us and I will never forgive him for that either. Yeah, you know, I'm not a, I just, I'm not a Bravo person. No. So I don't really, that whole reality TV thing. I'll be honest, I haven't been a Bravo person since they got rid of Kathy Griffin. I only watch Bravo for Life on the D list. And I, I will support that woman in anything she does. Not because I think she's hilarious, but I do. I find her funny, but because she hates Andy Cohen as much as I do. (laughs) And I feel like we have a kidship. They always say people make better friends over hating the same people than liking the same things. Yeah. I um I wonder if anybody feels in, in the grand scheme of life how it all played out. I wonder if anybody feels like maybe they treated her poorly. I do. <laughs> I mean, I wonder if they do, the ones that did. Oh. Um, you know, like the CNN think maybe we shouldn't have just up and fired her in the grand scheme of everything, maybe um that was just a political yeah. statement if they don't, and not they a call for should. murder. You know? Um Anderson Cooper but I, I, you don't you don't need to do anything publicly, but behind the scenes, he he should be fixing all that. Yeah, I wonder. Say if he, you're someone's friend and then f- drop them like that. Yeah, I don't think it was something they should have done back then, but no. certainly now, how everything's played out. I mean, after the insurrection and all of that, you'd think like that was. I mean that that man incites violence, not a stupid yeah. little comedy thing. That anyway. Mm. Anyway, on the um, 10 year anniversary, I would like her to take a mask of Andy Cohen and Anderson Cooper and recreate that image. <laughs> uh, anyway, it was a good time. What did you do for New Year's? I uh, did absolutely nothing. Uh, Dylan and I sat at home and we watched we watched uh, Anderson Andy. Anderson and Andy. Now we did flip around. There was something else that we had access to watch. And I can't remember what it was because it wasn't interesting enough for us to keep watching it. Oh, I think it was like some CBS, I don't know, ABC channel, like ABC News was doing a yes. thing where they would t- they recap the year. With Robin Roberts. That's, then, th- that's what yeah. was on Hulu that I started yeah. watching. I was like, this isn't But they Ryan would cut Seacrest. in at, at the top of the hour every hour to show the fireworks in whatever city they were in. Uh-huh. And so we would do that and we would we'd go back and forth. Um, but we just, we really just watched Andy and Anderson. Now Dylan for his birthday, which is just 11 days before, um, New Year's, he got a projector for his Mm -hmm. birthday. So we were like, you know, it's nice outside. We could set up fire. We could put the projector on the back of the house and we can watch this and whatever it is. Cause it's supposed to have uh, connect to Bluetooth speakers 
and it's supposed to like you know you can play it on your phone and so we're like we could get sling on the phone and we'll just sling it to the back of the, the house and we'll watch it out there while we were trying to figure out getting it set up people were setting up fireworks mm-hmm. now in the back alley something was going off i don't know if it was fireworks or a gun oh but it was this like and it was always like six like six pops and then it would stop and then it would wait a little bit and then there'd be six pops and a stop and i'm thinking somebody's loading a revolver and shooting a revolver into the sky because it was really loud i mean it was so like we contemplated like should we call the police and say that we think somebody's shooting a gun off in the back alley now then somebody told me i'm sure the cops are getting a lot of calls like that so don't be that person and i'm like okay well i guess we won't be that person and so i'm like but i'm also not going to be the person who sits out here and has a bullet land on them because i've heard of that happening yeah. to somebody who was downtown in saint pete i guess um a year or so ago and they were hanging out with a friend and all of a sudden their friend just like got this intense pain and fell to the ground and a bullet that somebody had shot up into the air just hit him yeah and they so tell- now they don't go downtown anymore i mean i come from a a, a country town um, I was, I've always, for the most part of my life, lived in small towns. And they tell you, don't shoot your guns in the air. What goes up must come down, and it's going to come down on your head. Yeah, what kind of idiot just shoots a gun in the air and thinks like, oh, because they do it in the Wild West? Yosemite Sam. Ba-pow, ba-pow. Do they ever land? Yeehaw! They never show Eventually. them land, do they? Eventually. Well, if they don't show them land, then people might think, hey, I saw Yosemite Sam do it. Legit. That's what, we need a public service announcement from Yosemite Sam. Him shooting up in the air, and then off the side you hear Bugs go, oh, God! And then they cut across, and he's holding the body of Daffy, and all the bullets have riddled Daffy because he shot him in the air. That might have been because Daffy was flying. He's a duck, so he can fly. So maybe he shot him. I don't know how that worked. Maybe you just see his fur where like they hit, and they go in a little, and they just burn the skin around. Then that's terrible, too. Because you just have like, these you know, just marked up. Just they, stop shooting your guns in it's the not air. Gonna, it's not going to go through you falling from the sky. Um yeah. It's going to go into you. It's not going to go through you. If you shoot up high enough and it falls, um, I I'm sure saw... there's some science to this. Like it, it hits its its peak and it comes down and hits a maximum velocity on the way down, but something that small, because it gets to zero and then it comes back. It doesn't gain enough speed to go through you. You lost me. You lost me at and, and And four of our re- <laughs> listeners. Caitlin's going to look up. Can you? Yeah. Well, I mean, if it like goes in your eyeball, <laughs> then it comes back in your brain. How unlucky. I mean, you have all this space to land, and you land right I, there you know in what? my eye. I'm not a believer in all things happen for a reason, and I don't really believe in your time to go kind of a stuff. But if somebody shoots a bullet into the air, like miles away from where you are, and that bullet lands on your eye and goes into your brain, I might have to say it was your time. It's like that, that TV show, Dead Like Me. Mm-hmm. where the girl dies because a toilet seat falls from a space station and lands on her head. Like, she, it was her time. There's no way around that. Anyway. I'm going to have to check that show out. I have, I have not have watched it. Have you that. not? No. Oh, Mandy Patinkin is in it. It's a it's an old Ooh, Showtime show. Have you seen? Showtime, I think. Mandy Patinkin has a new show he coming does. out. Um, they showed it on the Golden Globes yeah. last night. I don't usually watch commercials, but I was watching the Golden Globes for later in this episode, we're going to talk about that. Um, and I saw a commercial for a new Mandy Patinkin show, and he's like, um, uh, he's like uh, that knives out uh, French uh, Daniel Craig kind yeah. of detective guy thing. Daniel Solving Craig's cases. the detective in those. 
I have I've never seen one of them, but oh. I just assumed that Kenneth Branagh was the detective. No, in those, he's the detective in the Agatha Christie ones. Ugh, Kenneth those Branagh. Those are so bad. Daniel Craig is the detective in Knives Out and the sequel. Was the what's Knives that Out one where they're called? on the train? That's that's Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, that's, but what was it uh, called? Midnight on the mid, Midnight in the Garden. No, Murder on the Orient Murder Ex- on the Orient Express. That was a terrible movie. It was Agatha Christie. If um, I am not a huge fan of Agatha Christie. I think that, and maybe it's because back in the day when these were original stories, it's like, oh, but it's like every, it's, she's kind of developed the, the stereotypical tropes for those kind of movies. So, um, everything that she wrote, which was, you know, um, like first of its kind back then are all just kind of like, well, that's just how those movies are. Also, I recently found out recently within the last couple of months, uh, when I was a kid in high school, we did, and then there were none, which was originally titled 10 little Indians which originally was titled something else that I cannot say. Um, really? Yeah. Ten Little N-Words was the original title. No. Yes, swear. Look it up. Just be ready. Um, no. The origin- Don't Google that. The original title <laughs> of worse than Agatha Naked Christie. Boys <laughs> the original title of Agatha Christie's And Then There Were None. It's still Ten Little Indians, I believe, in, um, in England. But if you buy a copy now, it's called And Then There Were None. I think in Alabama, it's still the original oh, title. It, but it was originally that the little m- poem that goes with it was um, 10 little N-words. And then they thought, they were like, that's after they reached a point, they're like, that's that's derogatory. Change it to Indians. That's better. Let's rab- Let's kill Indians instead. And then they were like, after a few years, like, yeah, that, that didn't work out either. Let's just go with And Then There Were None. And Then There Were None. Um, well, that kind of gives it away, doesn't it? I <laughs> at this point, everybody knows how it ends. I, I mean, I, honestly, I don't. Okay. Well, no one survived. They didn't like the two original. What would you like to call it? Ten little. Let's come up with a new title for the book. <laughs> right now, Agatha Christie's Ten Little Fingers. Magas. <laughs> I don't. Under, I mean, I guess. I mean, I, I guess I don't know what the premise of the book is. I, I haven't read it. And so... You didn't have to read it. We had to read it in high school. No. I Well, I mean, if I... I, I don't know. I think we read other things. I don't mm. remember being... I, I didn't read everything I was supposed to read, but I, I, I'm, I don't remember being told I had to read that. But it just seems like if it's just people are dying, I mean, why not just call it The Murders? Only murders in the book. Oh, I like that. <laughs> That's what it should be called now. I dig it. Um, I, I don't know what Caitlin's looking at, but her eyes are bugging out. I don't want to know if there are images that go with that title. I don't want to know anything about it. Caitlin has now gone down a rabbit hole that she is not going to be happy about. I don't even understand. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, she's English. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. English. And it was like... Oh, makes sense now. A hundred years ago, not I'm not making excuses for her. Um, I feel like even a hundred years ago, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I went down this rabbit hole already. <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So that's uh, I don't know even how we got on this tangent, but New Year's is good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was good. I'm like I'm flabbergasted. Um. I mean, that's all that I we talked about. Did you do anything else that was fun? Anything else you want to bring up? Um. No, not that I can think of. Oh, it was... Can we give a shout out to Neil Patrick Harris, who also made Anderson Cooper giggle when they were playing that game? And he mm. said, I think he's been canceled, but sure, go ahead. <laughs> Has he? 
he, I think he's got he's in the early stages of what I like call like to call being Ellen. Um, there's a couple of things he's done that have on social media that have resurfaced. One of them is uh, back when Amy Winehouse died. She died, I guess, a couple of weeks or a couple of days before Halloween, and they had a him and his husband had a Halloween party, and um, had a charcuterie board done in the shape of Amy Winehouse's corpse, and it was actually. People found out because the husband of Jesse Tyler Ferguson was at the party and took a photo of it and tweeted it, and people lost their shit. And then it just kind of fell out of, like, a few people lost their shit, and then it fell away. Um, and it's recently come out since, and I'm going to butcher her name, Blossom, the lady who played Blossom a couple of months ago or a year ago. Again, time has no concept for me. She was on a talk show and talked about how she had gone to see Neil Patrick Harris in a Broadway show. And I guess she didn't stand and applaud for his um, performance. And he noticed that and screamed at her backstage when she came back. And he's, she's like, he's like, you're a terrible friend. You couldn't give me a standing ovation. And they haven't talked to each other since. And when she told this story on whatever talk show she was on, things just started coming out. And he's kind of on his way where people are maybe looking to cancel him he's in that early ellen stage we'll see how it goes but he hasn't been canceled yet to my knowledge oh okay but he's on his way what were they playing they were playing um never have i ever yes and one of the things was i've never i've never slept with a fan and so then they all drink and he takes a drink and he goes well if they weren't a fan before they are now, and that made <laughs> that made Anderson Cooper laugh so hard it cracked me up. I did see that on Twitter. They were oh, circulating yeah. that uh, all the times that he squealed like a pig. His laugh is just so hilarious. He sounds like a little squealy pig. Squeal for me, pig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I saw that part on Twitter, and I was like, "Ugh, Anderson." Yeah, it was fun. So anyway, other than that, uh, I just want to shout out to Dr. Phillips Performing Arts Center. They gave me uh, a couple of tickets to go see Aladdin, oh, um, yes. which you were not available to go and see. No. Um, but I'm sure that you'll be very disappointed to hear that. Um, I'm gonna, I don't know how to say his name. Um, Prince Ali. Okay, Aladdin. <laughs> it's like Adi Roy. Um is his name? I think he was in Jagged Little Pill on Broadway, but he's starring as Aladdin now, and he was really good. I've yeah. seen Aladdin before, and I gotta say, it's like very like you would expect to see. You know, for example, we went to 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 Epcot for the Festival of the Holidays. We did, and we saw some of the sideshow performances. We did, and they were a little overacted. Not, they always are. not in a bad way, but just in a I'm very animated, and I'm gonna tell a story. To me, that's what a lot of um, of Disney Broadway shows are about. And so they're not really characters. They're caricatures of literary figures that are pretending to do this thing. Now, this guy, total riffraff. <laughs> like, I, now I was like, I believe that guy's a street rat. He was so believable. Like, this was just who he was. I thought it was really good. Yeah. And um, let's see, the genie was played by Marcus Martin, who is not the typical one that we've seen there? Because usually when it's here, the guy who starred in it on Broadway or whatever, yeah, it's like I'm uh, he, the, he's an Orlando native. Yeah, um, but this guy was super good, and so was uh, Jasmine, whose name I'm going to butcher to Sinzel Amadi. Oh yeah, we're going to go with that. She was, <laughs> I got it right. Yeah, thanks. Um, she was super good too as Jasmine. Usually Jasmine's played as like two dimensional, you know, like a like you know. Don't, 
I'm 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 not a prize. I don't know. It's just this weird sort of um, anger thing. Not at all. Like uh, just a real. They were real people. It was very interesting. I expected not to enjoy it, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I highly recommend it. Unfortunately, it's not playing at Dr. Phillips anymore. No. But you know, if it's playing near you where you are, um, grab a ticket. It's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I um. I did not see this version, but I have seen past versions. And uh, Aladdin's one of my favorite Disney movies, so I actually thoroughly enjoyed it when I saw it on stage last time. Aladdin was one of my favorite, too. You know why? Because of the monkey. But guess what the Broadway show doesn't have? No monkey. No monkey. He instead has uh, a ragtag bunch of street rats that run around with him. They were really good in this, too. Most street rats are. So one of them... Okay, so this is... You know how we talk about annoying audiences? Yes. Don't give feedback. No. Don't don't yell back to the people on stage unless they say repeat after me or they say you can answer this question. It's not an open invitation for the entire show to have feedback. And yes, I get it that a guy from Orlando that you all know was in it. And that's great. But I don't know him and I could do without your squealing the whole time. I just don't like it. Yeah. And then my face told them, because we walked by them afterwards, and they were like, oh, my friend was so good, no, 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 and I'm so glad I got to see him. And I was just like, <laughs> I care and faced them. They knew. It's all good. Anyway, I will tell you off of this who it was, because okay. you know who was in it. Oh, in this version? Yeah, one of the, 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 lead, the lead street rat friend is the, is the ex of somebody we know. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't either until Jen read the book and told me. Anyway, it was really good. I must not be Facebook friends with these people because I saw nothing about it. <laughs> um, well, you should have gone. You would have heard them tell you about it the whole show. I'm very upset that I didn't go. Oh, and Aladdin was hot. Most of the time, Aladdin's are. You know, I don't know if everybody feels this way, but the Aladdin from the live action movie, ah, he's so hot. I love him. I love him so much. I was very upset when they made the poor cast or uh, costume choice to not just have him in the vest, but have him in a shirt and a vest. Come on! Oh, I know when they turn him into a prince on the Broadway show, they put a vest on him, hmm. and Jen and I were like, "Ugh." <laughs> <laughs> the princes don't always need vests. I need movie accuracy. I need to see ankles and I need to see nipples. <laughs> right. <And> if, <laughs> yeah. If the genie wants to perform real magic, take those clothes off. Yeah. There you go. Um, <laughs> I want to see you salt burn the the last five minutes <laughs> of Aladdin. That's what I want to see. Ah, indeed, that would be nice. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, those were our weeks. Yeah, that was about good it. Good times, good times, good start of the year. All right, so since we're starting the year off in such a, it, it, it's like you know, you start the year and it's like all good times. It's like, hey, let's go to the gym. Let's let's in, improve ourselves. Let's have this joyous. Wonderful beginning to the to the new year, and so we decided to watch what? Good grief! Yes, good. We decided to watch death. Grief. Now this is not our fault. Netflix decided that they were going to release this movie um, at the start of the year. Um, so apparently, it, it was um, it received a limited release, I guess, in theaters on December 29th, but it was released worldwide on Netflix on January fifth. Good Grief is a dramedy that is written, directed, produced, and starring Daniel Levy, formerly known as Dan Levy, 
of AKA Schitt's Creek. Bradley Cooper. No, I'm just <laughs> I wrote down here Daniel Levy, Bradley Cooper, the shit out of this film. <laughs> See, now I want to say this. Like, yes, I, I made this note, and uh, and then we can do the normal whatever. Yeah, I don't think the same about Daniel Levy that I do about Bradley Cooper. Really, I did not at all think that that he was trying too hard to do anything. I, I it didn't bother me at all. In fact, I didn't know that he wrote or produced it or anything until like the end, and it didn't bother me at all. I just maybe it's it's just a bias that I have. I guess I like Dan Levy, so I like his stuff. And if he's going to do all of it, that's fine. I could not disagree more. <laughs> I hated this film. <laughs> I wouldn't I mean I'm not gonna watch it again I don't think that there's any reason to but I just I feel like what what the film was about is stuff that people don't know don't typically say there's not movies about this kind of a thing really I don't think no and so I, mean, I thought it was interesting it right off the bat it felt very much like a 1980s film to me 1980s was this seemed like a time you had uh, terms of endearment you had steel magnolias this laugh through tears kind of movie which I think is what he was trying to go for here. Um, one thing I learned about this movie, and I may be uh, the only person who feels this way, Dan Levy plays one character. He knows one character, and I realize in this movie he is not a good actor. He just, I honestly believe that his character in Shit's Creek is just an exaggerated version of probably how he is, and he just plays varying levels of that in everything he does. Which works well in movies like what we watched, the holiday movie, where he's in it a little bit. In movies, he's in the whole thing. I realize I cannot, I can't do a two-hour movie with this man. I can only do bits and pieces with him. Um, and I totally felt Bradley Coopered by him. Oh, that's interesting because like you didn't feel as Bradley Coopered by Bradley Cooper. No, but I, you I were, felt a little you Bradley Cooper. You were, you were, you were over Bradley Coopered. In Maestro. I maybe a little tiny Bradley Cooper in this. I was I just I he now, just there were things there all were, over it. <laughs> there were choice there were choices in here that I'm just kinda like, well, this doesn't make sense, or why would you do this, or why would you do that? But all in all, I didn't I didn't really have a problem with it. I think that the formula for this to be a great movie was there. I think the premise is great. The casting was great. I mean the people I mean, I like Dan Levy, so let's say I like him, so that's fine. Um, but the the girl that played um, Sophie, mm-hmm. um, I don't know how to pronounce her name, and I'm not even gonna try. But we'll just say her name is Ruth, mm-hmm. and um, she played she played um, Mildred Loving in yes, the movie. Loving. She was in Loving. She was also in um, I think it was called Passing with uh, Tessa Thompson, mm-hmm. um, which I both of those movies I thought she was amazing. And the fact that she didn't get Oscar nominations for either one of those, I find to be a travesty. I found her so obnoxious in this movie. Well, I just don't like that character. I hated her. Yeah, I mean, I her feel... Her character, I don't... Yeah, the character in the movie, I don't understand why someone would be friends with her. We were... You know, it's interesting you say that. I was talking to somebody about that earlier who works here, and he said that um, he loved that character. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> He loved that character because he felt like he related to that character a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just funny to hear your reaction to the character. (laughs) Makes so much sense. Uh, No, it, um, she's just such, she's selfish. 
she the the part she's where she's like, I need you to come out with me and pay for my drinks and my dinner. Get a job, bitch. <laughs> well, I mean, but yeah, we would all get a nitpick it this way, but but he does. You know, it'd be like he's an would, enabler. No, but but that's like let's imagine let's imagine that I had a bad day. And I go home, and I had a bad day. And so I say, Jen, and I sing the song, I had a bad day. And then I say, I say, this was terrible. I need to pick me up. Take me, to, take me out to eat. And she would do it. Now, if I said, take me out and eight of my friends, she'd probably still do it too. But that's just because she has. So it would be like. So if you met somebody on a dating app and said, oh God, I met no. this guy, and he's bringing some friends, so I need you to pay for me, them, and us to go out and eat. No, but she's also not like a rich artist. <laughs> if she was, then maybe it would happen. <clears throat> so anyway, I didn't really care for her character, but who I did like, and who was um, also in another great movie, is Himesh Patel, mm-hmm. who uh, who played Thomas. He was this, and she starred in Yesterday. Yes. And I think that's amazing. Good movie. I love that. Great movie. Yeah. Um, he was also the only part of Station Eleven that I liked. Did you watch a Station Eleven? I did not. It's a miniseries on uh, Max. Um, that is, it's a very weird miniseries about the ending of the world or whatever. Um, I didn't really care for the miniseries. However, I absolutely loved him in it. He's my favorite part in it. Um, I gotta surprise you. I found him to be very whiny in this. I honestly, I cannot find a single character in. In this movie that I liked, except for Oliver's side piece. <laughs> I thought oh he my was God. nice. He was nice. He had no idea what was going on. I have no doubt. Oh, he knew exactly what was going on. I have no I- doubt that Oliver fed him bullshit, though, about, oh, this is what's going on, but he we're in an open marriage. He knows everything's fine. No, because he, um, he said he loved, he said he never wanted to end your marriage and that he loved you yeah. and that, you know, and that he was just the part of the open part of it. it it seemed to me he knew exactly what what was going on and was just like okay i'm gonna go along for the ride because you know this this guy's giving me attention and everybody wants attention from this guy so that like that whole thing like the relationship between mark and luca seemed to be legit the thing i just didn't understand about luca mm-hmm. i ex- i don't know i expected luca to be hot <laughs> i mean you got you got this whole life and whatever you know you just think like is it just because he was young? Well, he didn't even look that young to me. Maybe he's a nice person. <laughs> Maybe he liked the company. Wait, that's a thing. I think so. <laughs> um, but no, I mean it was a. It that's was, an interesting take. Your side piece wasn't hot enough. For no, no, me. no, no, no. I just no. Here it is. Like, like the picture that was painted of it. He's married yeah. and he has an open marriage, which yes. means okay, I can sleep with other people. You would you would think the sleeping with other people would be because they're good looking. Well, that you have a connection with them. I mean, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. But it's supposed to not be. They're not. I mean, an op- the open relationship was a one and done relationship. So, yeah. but what I'm saying is, he maybe Oliver found him attractive. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. You may not find him attractive, but well, maybe that's you know his... what? That makes sense too. He probably likes Brussels sprouts too, Oliver. What's wrong? And with he wears sprouts? his pants too high, so I didn't really care for him. How about that? What's wrong with Brussels sprouts? <laughs> I don't know. I just don't like them. You don't like them? No. And so, and so, what I do is when people you neither. When people, t- I, I'm the only one that I that I am uh, surrounded around on yeah. a daily basis that doesn't like Brussels sprouts. So when um. 
I was like, I think it was my mom I was talking to about something, and she gave her opinion about some other thing, and I went, yeah, I'm not going to follow that advice. She's like, why not? And I was like, do you like Brussels sprouts? And she said, yes. And I was like, that's why you make poor decisions. <laughs> you probably just aren't making them right. I just think this. Okay, how, how do you make Brussels sprouts to make them good? Um, I roast them in an air fryer after coating them in many spices. Gives them a nice char. So it's the spices that you like. That's why I mean, you could say that with anything. I don't like regular potatoes. I put salt and pepper on potatoes and French fries. I dip French fries in things, so I like the sauce. Well, French fries are delicious because they're fried and fat. No, I air fry my potatoes. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds hideous. (laughs) Do you own an air fryer? My oven is an air fryer. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, an air fryer is small and compact and on the counter. No, I no, I actually like my oven has an air fry feature on it. Do you use it? No. Jesus Christ. No. <laughs> I feel like Taylor Swift at the Golden Globes. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you, I agree with your decisions <laughs> as much as I agree with Taylor Swift's right now. I um. I air fry. I try to air fry everything. I don't really deep fry anything. I mean, obviously, if I go to a fast food restaurant, or whatever. Anything. There's no reason to air fry air fry a salad. I'm no. pretty sure that I had chicken last only- night. No, <laughs> it is lately. Air- I got my air. I got my results from my cholesterol test. Take uh- some vegetables, throw them in your giant air fryer, <laughs> and air fry them. They're so good. It's I, I my my cholesterol skyrocketed, and so I have to uh. take it under control. And so I eat, I've I've really had salads, salads and spinach. And salmon. I had the other day air fried green beans and carrots, and it it gives it a deep fried f- taste to it. But it's just so it's honestly don't knock it till you try it. Deep air, air fry some vegetables so you get that crunchiness to them. Not, not carrots now, cooked carrots. Do you want to go ask somebody else in the office if I bet, they like this food and bring them in here so nobody's ganging up I bet, on you? I don't feel ganged up on. I feel sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm sure that most people I know, they're like, they're like, oh, if you don't like you don't like Brussels sprouts, just, you know, put some cheese on them. I'm like, well, then, of course that'll be delicious. It's cheese. You know, now, don't I, eat Brussels sprouts. Eat, eat a damn cheeseburger. But I, I, like, I, like, I like cabbage. So why don't it's I like these? I know. It's a tiny cabbage. <laughs> but they're way more bitter than like other cabbage. Yeah, right? Brussels sprouts are bitter. I know some things you know that what? are bitter. <laughs> I think I know why you like them now. <laughs> uh, anyway, don't so, eat Brussels sprouts. More for me. <laughs> so go ahead and give me your bitter Brussels sprout opinion of good grief. I hated it. I honestly, <laughs> I I can usually tell how, and it's not that I was like, it's not like, oh, this is such a bad movie. It's terrible let me watch it to hate watch it i found it dreadfully boring and i feel like being boring is the worst thing you can be if you're gonna be bad be all the way bad but this was just so boring to me i pulled my phone out halfway through this movie and i know that uh you have a different opinion this movie made me realize i do not care for dan levy or his um art (laughs) (laughs) see i i I don't know i i a lot of times I decide before a movie if I'm going to like it or not. Like, I know. Like, I know I'm going to like this because I've seen the preview and the premise of it is interesting. And it, was it a home run? I don't think it was a home run. I don't think it was a triple. It might have been a single you, with an assistant runner. You're doing a lot of sports terms there I don't get. 
Um, but I, I thought it was good. Like when it first started off, it starts Lay it out off, like Lego. I mean, it's not an 18 plus set, but you know, it's six plus. I see, see, you don't know what I'm saying. No, it sounded very sexual the way he said that. <laughs> it's not an 18 plus set, but you know, eh, but I can wrap my fingers around it. Oh, well, you're just making it dirty now. Yeah, well, that's what it sounded like. So it, it opens and it's Christmas. It's it's yeah. like Christmas Eve. I assumed it was Christmas Eve. It's a Christmas party around Christmas. It's a Christmas yeah. party around Christmas. And all I could think about was how badly I wanted to be at that party. Or I want to throw parties like really? that. Really? That was This like, is why you and I had different opinions of this movie, because we just we look for different circles to run in. That party looks so pretentious to me. And I was like, there is no way I would show up at a party like that. Like, the whole play the piano and I wrote a song for everybody. Here's your copy. Now, sorry, okay. Luke Evans. Well, it's not like Oliver Twist was hosting the party. <laughs> Wasn't he? <laughs> so, so I mean, the thing is this, okay? If, I mean, and and I'm, not, I'm not bringing up this name to, to elevate this name in any way. I'm just drawing a comparison sure. between a character and the type of person this is in real life absolutely so he is a jk rowling type right he wrote children's books that You're luke evans yes luke evans, he's, a, he's a writer yeah. he's a writer he wrote these books that turned into these mega movies that everybody loved much like lord of the rings and dan levy was his, his husband who created the artwork for them so at this party are all of their like talented celebrity friends Spinny and so pretentious friends. so an oscar award-winning composer like in the, it, the pretend this is real like the party's real an oscar award-winning composer wrote an arrangement of a song in different parts for all of the people to sing at this party i want to be at that i want to know those people i want to know an award-winning composer who's going to write a song for a party i think that kind of stuff is cool and if it wasn't dan levy then you might have liked it if it was Saltburn, maybe you liked him. I don't know, but um, I just thought that the um, I just thought the party was cool, and I just wanted to be there. Mm. The only thing I thought was odd about it is it is it appears to be that everyone in this movie is like best friends with their exes. Yeah, I did notice that. Yes, I am not enemies with most of my exes, but I'm not friends with any of them. I am Facebook friends with many exes. I do not hang out with any of my exes. Right, and they're like besties. I had a very interesting relationship with one of my exes that caused a lot of grief, good grief in my life. <laughs> and I will never, just just a, a FYI for out there who are thinking of dating me, I will not have a close relationship after we break up. We can be Facebook friends, you can come to my funeral. Does this, <laughs> that leave me does this mean that that anybody who is out there that thinks of dating you, they should know right off the bat that they will be an ex? They better not plan <laughs> on being an ex because that'll be the last time you talk to me. Um, but yeah, so it's a fine part. It's not my cup of tea. It's a little too pretentious for me, a little too artsy, a little too ritzy. Um, so uh, Luke Evans has to go away. And he's like, he's got a book signing. Yeah, he's got on a, Christmas Day at the Louvre, he's so go he's got to go. Just that whole sentence just sounds so pretentious. I have a book signing at the Louvre. Um, so I'm he pretty leaves. sure, though. I'm, I mean, I don't know. I haven't been there, and I don't have their calendar in front of me. But I'm pretty sure that that's a thing. Book that signings happens, at the Louvre. That people probably do that. Is it? It's a museum. Do people do book signings there? I'm sure there's events and stuff. 
I mean, I'm sure there's events. And people have book signings. You think there's nobody had a book signing at the Met? They're usually at libraries, aren't they? I don't know. Or bookstores? I don't know. Places where you would buy the things was you're it? promoting. <laughs> Maybe his book was about the Louvre. That make that tracks. Um <laughs> I don't know why you hate French people so much. You hate French people so much, you air fry your fries. <laughs> <laughs> They're still French fries. Um, they, you take the freedom right out of them when you, when you air fry them. <clears throat> anyway, so he dies. He's like, I've got to get to my book signing. So then he gets in a cab and uh, just, I mean, inches you away. You call f- people pretentious and then talk about them in a Cockney accent. They're way more sophisticated than that. It's the only British accent I know. <laughs> so he gets hit by a car and dies. Yeah. And they and, and they can see it in the party. They they see the accident. They don't see it happen, but they see it there through the window. Yeah. Which is weird because like they wouldn't have heard it. Yeah. And and it was like it was like five minutes later. Yeah. And it's literally like, right, it's right there. Right. It's like my first thought was. And it didn't even look, I'll have to go back and look, but it didn't even look like it was at an intersection. So how fast could someone have been going on this tiny London road? <laughs> it's tiny London <laughs> street. It was London a side street. road in London. Yeah. They do book signings. At oh, the well, there you go. What book? Oh, my God. Give me Please an example. Tell, give me the, but only read off the non-pretentious people. <laughs> mm, we'll be here for a while. In 2022. Who did? India Hicks. Their name. We'll look into it. Um, so yeah, so his husband dies. There's a year of grieving um, where he's, you know, obviously his husband died. His best friend stays with him. Um, and uh, he has a card that his husband. So the husband before he left. Yeah. Before he left to go get in the car, he handed him a card, presumably a Christmas present or a Christmas card or something he hands yeah. to him. And he says, um, you know, I love you. Bye. Here's this card. And then he dies. So Mark never opened the letter because he was grieving the loss of him and he didn't want to see what was in it. Yeah. One thing before we talk about the letter, I do want to talk about his funeral because my favorite part of the funeral Your or favorite my favorite part, part of the movie is going to be the part that I hated the most. The dad? No, love oh. the dad speech. Love the dad love speech. The, dad speech. the actress. Who invited her? Why would you invite her? To the funeral, you have to know that she's this kind of person, right? So the so the so the star of the films that became films based on the books that this character imagine wrote. Daniel Radcliffe right. at J.K. Rowling's funeral. So imagine J.K. Rowling dies in in and like they only book, made in book five, five. five. Yeah, made she, five movies. She dies at book five, and you don't know how it's going to end. And then Daniel Radcliffe gets up at her funeral and says, "I'm going to miss you so much." <laughs> I hope that you give that you gave permission to the studios to go ahead and write the last two books so we could see how this story ends because I really need the work. Like it was so it was so cringy. Like who would invite you? There is no way that that would have passed the guest list. Um, but then his dad gets up, ironically played by somebody who was in Harry Potter, um, and he's also from Game of Thrones. Yeah, and uh, he gave such that is the best part of the movie. Like I watched that, and by the end of the movie, I was like. Fuck these guys. I want to know the dad story. I want to yeah. follow the dad after this. That was yeah, I mean that was some of the that was the best writing in the show. Yeah. Was the dad's the dad's uh, eulogy which was fantastic. And at the end of it, I just remember like there's this thing that we're dealing with at work, right? And it involves a a, a pride organization 
And I, for some reason, somebody said something that triggered this kind of thought process in my head about thinking about this this thing that we're that we're dealing with at work. And so that was just kind of running through my brain while this guy was giving this speech. So at the end of the speech, Dylan, like he was watching it with me, and he goes, "How could you not be crying right now, you monster?" <laughs> And I was like, oh, my, my, my brain was preoccupied, but I was listening. Um, but I, I thought it was really great. Um, yeah, he, there's a line there because uh, his son wanted to, to, to be a writer. <clears throat> and he's talking about, he's like, you know, my son used to write about princesses. princesses, And um, um, he was like, why don't you write about boy things? And he said, my son said to me, I'm a boy and this is what I want to write about. And I just thought that was such a touching, poignant moment. And he's like, after that moment... Because uh, he was the his son was he was talking about when his son was younger and want, wanted him to get out of his way because he wanted to go out and play in the garden, mm-hmm. and he's like so at that point I just I got out of my son's way and I just thought it was such a touch I'm like this this is the movie, <laughs> um and I maybe that's what it is maybe I longed for him to be back in this movie and I had to watch this stupid Paris trip first he made his way back he did eventually by the end. So um, I just want to point out that before I mean, part of this like year leading up to the thing, I one of the characters that I love the most in the movie was the financial lady. Yes. And I don't rem- remember her name or who. She's- I do want to admit, and I'm embarrassed by this. <laughs> it wasn't until the end of the film I realized they were in, in um, they started in London. Oh, I really? I didn't even realize that. And after I started, they were times like, why the fuck is everyone in this movie British? You think they pulled a Les Mis? Where I, uh, it takes place in France, but everybody has a British accent. I'm like, accent. Wh- why is everyone British except for Dan Levy? And then they went. She goes, "I'll see you back in London." And I was like, "Oh, they were in London." Uh, well, when when you know her her office is is getting renovated or something's happening, so she has to meet with him at this restaurant, and it's right after Christmas, and the guys the the husbands died. And he, she sits down and he says, he says, did you get my cheese basket? And she goes, yes, my neighbor thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought that was hilarious because she wasn't even going to pretend that she wanted that fucking cheese basket. She mentioned, didn't she mention something about like she's got celiac disease or something or lilac disease, some disease that you can't eat dairy. And she's like, I have celiac disease but my neighbors loved it <laughs> i love that like i'm not even gonna pretend i'm just gonna tell you yeah it's but it yeah i great. loved I her it away. she was really yeah. good um so that was fun and then um so i guess this is in paris right are we just skipping around when they go yeah. to paris and they're um so oh so what, so what happens is his therapist it's like it's at the it's getting close to the year mark and they all want to go out and dancing and um, so his friend Sophie and the Thomas, Thomas are like, "Hey, let's go dancing." And he says, "I'm gonna sit at home. I'm gonna open the the card." Yeah. And they're all like, "Okay, well, it's been." And then she gives the speech, which I kind of appreciated. Where basically she was like, "Listen, we've had your back for a year, but the year is over." Snap open, at. yeah. Open the card. Get open over the card. It. Open the open the card. Cry. Put on some nice clothes and go. Now, dancing something with to us. mention that we find out later in the film is his friends don't know that Oliver and Mark are were in an open marriage. Right, and at this point, neither do we. Neither do we. Yeah. So he opens the card, and the card is like, "Hey, babe, <laughs> love you. Uh, met somebody I want to pursue, and so 
I know you're going to cry about it, so sit at home and do your yeah. emotional get thing. Get your and, boohoos out, and, and we'll then talk, when I get back, we'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. And it was really like that crass. Yeah. And um, and his face is just like, what? So then you learn that they had an open relationship, which was supposed to be a one and done. Yeah. Not like you're not supposed to fall for somebody. He's like, you can do whatever you want. Just don't tell me about it. But he broke the rules because he f- kind of fell for somebody, and then he told him about yes. it. Luca. So that, so not only dealing with it, and I find that interesting. Like, not only, like you're dealing with the death of somebody, but then you find out. I always wonder like what that would be like. You know, I just think, you know, if you were if something were to happen to somebody and you find out they've been lying to you or cheating to against you this whole time, what do you, what how do you react to that? Yeah, you know, because you can't yell at them. Like your last moments with with them were all about love, and now you've got to hate them and love them and miss them all at the same time. So that's why I thought the movie was interesting. Uh, but they end up so in this process, they find out that. The guy, Luke Evans. I Luca. His, Luke, oh, uh, Oliver. Oliver. Um, Gaston. Had, for those who have watched the live action Beauty and the Beast. Had an apartment in France. Like, when he went to France, mm-hmm. this guy, Luca, that he had fell for, would stay at this place in France. So He's a dancer. So Mark's big idea is to, well, he's, a, he's an art student. Yeah, he's a, he was in town. He's a dancer. He was dancing. Oh, okay. Um, and that's how he met. He got oh, okay. the scholarship. Oh, I thought he was an art student. Because he started, uh, Oliver started like an art scholarship, but for different types of arts. And he was a dancer and he was there. Um, All right. And got one of the scholarships. So they, so they, he, he invited his two friends, Mark invited his two friends to go there. And this, he, he presented it as this we're going to have a great time. Um, we're going to, be in this place and let it all go. And yeah, that's he was that. like, we had an apartment. He didn't tell them that it was just Oliver who had the apartment. He's like, right. we had this apartment in France, and I'm going to let it go. So we're going to have a big hoo ha before we go. Yeah. So it, it go. was. So it wasn't. Um, it wasn't a. Um, he he wasn't he wasn't truthful with them about any of it. Yeah. So um so then they go there. Of course, Luca walks in, has a key, walks in one day, and they're like, oh. And then they all fight about their friendship, and then they all kiss and make up. I mean, it's really like that. There's some Here's sort the of thing, and maybe it's just me, but I can't imagine you have these close friends, and I have some really good friends, some close friends. If I'm in an open marriage. <laughs> My best friends are the first people I'm calling. Like, do you know what this motherfucker asked me? He wants an open marriage, and whether I accept it or not, they're the first people I call. And I kept thinking that it's like he wouldn't have. They're they're like these are his two best friends. He wouldn't tell them. I feel like those are the first people I would have told. I think that um, that they were probably just that he's probably embarrassed because he doesn't want to tell his friends that he said yes. I mean, that's the whole premise of it is that he's embarrassed that he would say yes because it's against his character. So he's hiding it. I get that. Mm. I think he's a coward. <laughs> I mean, there are things in my life that I am not telling people ever. I'm I'm sad that one person knows because they were there to witness it. <laughs> but I don't think my husband needs to know this. <laughs> so I am not telling. So um so anyway, um there are just a couple of things I thought were odd about yes. it. You know, when they went to Paris and they were out having dinner and doing their thing. Then they went to a karaoke bar, and they're in. Like, I don't get this. a private booth. Why is that, that a is thing? Anybody? Yes, it's a thing. In every movie, they do this now. Like, why? Why would you get a private room for karaoke? Like, if the three of us went, I don't want to hear you <laughs> fight your way through a song like a pathetic voice. Like, I want. I want to hear people who can sing sing. 
And if, you suck, and if you suck, then I want to be able to sit at the table in the back and make fun of you. I don't want to have to sit there and, and fake smile the whole time. I, I thought that when I saw they were in private booths, I was like, is that I've never seen that before. And I was curious if that was a thing maybe in like other countries or is that a thing? Is it? I, I've never heard there's of that a, before. There's a place on um, on Orange Avenue because somebody one time said, hey, I know that you like karaoke because I actually do enjoy going and listening to people sing who can sing. I, I love it. And so they they found a place. It's on OBT um, between like I-4 and Oak Ridge Road or something like that, that it's all just private karaoke rooms. I think it's like a, a was big in like um, Asian cultures. Yeah. And so I was, but I was like, um, I appreciate that you know that I like karaoke, but I do not want to hear you sing. <laughs> and I don't want you to hear me. Imagine if I had to sing in front of the two of you, and, he, and then you two have to just sit there yeah, and I pretend would, I would to think like that it. if people who are going to go to that kind of thing, is it's more than just two or three people. I would think that you would, if you're going to do a private booth like that, you're getting a group of like 15 people together. You're cramming in this booth. You're drinking. You're Yeah, and you're going to invite one or two people who you know are really good singers. For karaoke? So that somebody's going to sound good. Oh, you and I approach karaoke differently. I approach karaoke wanting to hear terrible singing. I, But I don't mind hearing terrible singing. I just don't want to hear it in a closed space <laughs> that you will see my face because I don't have a poker face. But I think that's the point of karaoke, to see the cringe when I get up there and sing. Oh, no. no. Uh, see, I hate when people sing karaoke and they're good. I'm like, no, go go on American Idol. Get the hell out of get off the karaoke stage. Go try to make something of yourself. Well, I guess I'll order up that karaoke machine for my birthday <laughs> this weekend so that you can give it a little sing little sing sing. So I thought that was interesting. Um Oh, did you notice that the cafe? So, so there's a love interest for Mark. There's yes. a guy that Theo, Theo, who is probably one of the most delightful people yes. in the show because he's just very honest and like, I don't have time for BS. So let's get all this out in the open. And I, I appreciate that. People, I feel like French people are that way. I liked it. Yeah, I like is that, honesty. Is that where you like their fries? I love a lot of things about the French. But when they were walking, there's a there was a cafe. <laughs> Did you notice the name of it? It mm -hmm. just made me laugh. I mean, maybe it means something else in some other language, but it just looked like it said Cafe Brazier. Oh, <laughs> I did not notice that. <laughs> made me laugh. Um, um, I did. I mean, this has nothing to do with the film, but when he took him to the art gallery and uh, the Monets, they're in like that round room. I thought that was really cool. I was yeah, like, it was I really cool. Go to that. That looks really awesome. Yeah, so I'd like to Louvre? see that. Was that the Louvre they were? At? They. I don't think they mentioned what. Didn't um, look pretentious. I like the story that he told about. <laughs> I like the story that he told about Monet too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, mean, is that all true? I don't know. Is it? I don't know. I mean, I would think that they researched it, but maybe not. I don't know. So you know when they were gonna have dinner with Luca, they were making dinner and they're all sitting at the table. Oh yeah, because Luca just shows up because he lives in Berlin and he's like, um, I am here to uh, meet uh, Olivia. And uh, they're like, Oliver's dead. And he's, he's from, like, he's from Germany. I need you to do a German accent. Oh, I can't find him. <laughs> I think that before <laughs> before we delve into any any horrifically um, stereotypical offensive you know, accents, Meryl we'll Streep does it. She gets an Oscar. I do it, and I'm offensive. <laughs> oh, okay. What Brazier means brew. Brewery. Oh, so it's cafe brewery. That's not what it means in English. Mm. <laughs> okay. 
Very nice. All right. Well, there you go. That's why it was a brewery. So when so Luca shows up and then they're like, okay, you need to get out of here. And then like He's after, like, they, after no- they they argue in front of him and make him uncomfortable. And I don't know you what it go. was about Luca. But I felt so bad for him in this whole situation, and they're he's they're like get out, and he's like I have nowhere to go. <laughs> well, see, I I didn't see it that way. I mean, I do I agree with you about Luca, but I feel like like Mark Mark's character got it. He knew that it wasn't this kid's fault, and so he was actually accommodating and nice to him. After he said like he didn't say get out, he just said I think you should probably go now. Yeah, and then he's like I don't know where to go, and then you're like well you can't stay here, and then they all kind of talked him into it, but then. He became nice to him, and he was basically was like, I know why you liked him so much. You liked him because he paid attention to you, but he pays attention to everybody. And, you know, I was the same way. I wanted to hold on to it myself. So I thought he was nice to him. But when he asked, because he was smoking a cigarette, and he mm-hmm. was going to sit at the table smoking a cigarette while they were eating. <laughs> this is like the funniest line, I think, in the show. When he goes, a cigarette at dinner? I didn't know I woke up in 1988. <laughs> that cracked me up. <clears throat> The only other thing I really have written about it is I need to go to Paris during Christmas because it looks looked gorgeous. gorgeous. Um, my last line here is I have to go back and watch Shit's Creek to see if he does this all the time. But the head, t- he constantly tilts his head and does mm and ahs a lot. I counted a lot of them in this movie that drove me nuts. And I was like, is that, was he like that as David? Um, <laughs> I have to go back and rewatch it. Yeah, the whole thing. Just look up. Shit's Creek's memes. They're all about that. Um, Just the head tilt. You know what? It's like driving me crazy. You saying that, I got it. I get it now. Uh, for you, for me, I don't mind at all. He's your Kristen Stewart. <gasps> oh my God, he is my Kristen Stewart. Because <laughs> when she does that thing where she dips th- yeah. her head down and puts her hair behind her ear, every I, time he tilted his head, I was like, straighten up. <laughs> yeah, see? That's all. That's what it is. He bothers you, he doesn't bother me. It's all good. <clears throat> anyway. Oh, so you want to know what uh, Golden Globes or Golden Globes? <laughs> Do you want to know what Rotten Tomatoes, uh, Rotten Tomatoes said about it? Um, yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, I do. I'm going to say, I mean, this is this definitely got the feel. I got the feel from this movie that this was something that audiences probably like more than critics. So I'll say audiences probably. <clears throat> sorry, I'm losing my voice. You can't even you can't even put the numbers. I'm out. so verklempt. Um, He's like, I hate it so much. I can't even say I the think numbers. audiences were like um, 89 and critics were in 82. Uh, what if I told you that they're very average numbers? Which would make sense for an average kind of a... Interesting. <laughs> I tilt my head. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, let me let me tell you exactly what the numbers yes. are. <laughs> Isn't it funny they both did a movie together last year? <laughs> oh, that is funny. What if that's all they did at the table? <laughs> she said, well, um, and then put her and hair behind like, her ear. And he's like... Huh? <laughs> um, <laughs> what were the numbers? <laughs> uh, critics are 77. Really? Yeah. All right. And yeah. audience 74. Really? Yeah. So, oh. so you bombarding the voting <clears throat> worked. It worked. We did it, fans. Um, no, I honestly thought this was a movie that audiences would get behind more. But you know. So the, our next assignment, yes, that we went that we were going to do was the was the Golden Globes. We watched the Golden Globes. <sighs> I will throw my head to the side and tilt. Ah, Golden Globes. Oh. Uh, so you, you wanna... used to be my favorite. Actually, the Oscars have always been my favorite, but used to be my favorite to go to because people would get drunk because they, they're at tables, they're serving yeah. drinks, 
and the the the, the celebrities would say stupid shit and do stupid shit, and it'd be a good time for everybody. It's just sad. It has become a sad sack of sadness. <laughs> to now, should we talk about our overall impressions of things, and then we can go from like the beginning to the end? Is that how you want to? Yeah. Well, let's talk about the monologue, and then I thought that maybe we would just hit the highlights of what we liked, yeah. like um, our surprises and snubs, if you will. The the thing I just want to point out about the whole the whole process, mm-hmm. like, was like the opening. Just like the panning of the thing, and and I just thought, uh, this is just the decor is not yeah. is not for me. The 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 seating arrangement it looked like tele telethon levels um, to the the way you know. Now what's funny is this is the Golden Globes have always looked like this. The seating has always been like this. It's it's been at the the. It this. hasn't been like. I, I seem to remember like it was always tables, but it did it. It just didn't seem to have that like telethon feel to it to yeah me, or that like overtly like oh it took me somebody had to say it they were like what you're mad that the golden globes have used a lot of gold and i was like oh <laughs> that's why but yeah it was it's, like it's, it's way too much gold. very gaudy the only thing that they because it's always been at this hotel um since they started and the only thing as far as design wise that was different that i absolutely hated is where they had them face for the camera so normally you come out on the stage, you look at the audience, the camera is right there. They had them turn to the side so you could see a screen that was like way in the back. But also like, yeah, like the, the so there were like tables around. To, yeah. The, yeah, like you had your back to a lot of the audience and it was so weird. And the problem is, is that the presenters didn't know where to stand. Yeah. Um, and like sometimes the somebody had to like grab them and move them. Like yeah. that one girl that wasn't even facing the camera, her back was to the camera, and the guy's like, I think it's this way. Mrs. Globes. Um, they, they, the Golden Globes have done this thing, um, and they didn't announce it. There was a lot of things they didn't do this year that they normally do. They didn't do a Cecil B. DeMille Award, or they didn't do a Carol Burnett Award. They didn't do a which uh, is like In a, Memory of either. No, they didn't do an in mem- a memoriam. Although, do they normally do that at the Globes? I don't know if the Globes normally do a memoriam. Uh, but they always do a Cecil B. DeMille Award, which is like a lifetime achievement in movies. And then like 10 years ago, they started the Carol Burnett Award, which is a, uh, a lifetime achievement in television. They didn't do either one of those. Well, it's probably because they had to make room for a brand new award so that Barbie could win something. Ooh. Ooh. Barbie <laughs> was de- very close to winning nothing. Um, yeah. that halfway through Except the show, the I'm like. the new invented one. Which yeah. I will agree. This is probably it. I, I think they should all do this. You should some sometimes. Um, it, it's sort of like an audience favorite. Yeah. And I kind of like the idea of who killed it in the box office. Yeah. And let's give them an award. The, my only complaint with that award is that Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning was on there. That was a bomb at the box office. Well, and and I feel like it shouldn't be a secret who's going to get this award. The award should go to who had the highest box office sales for that year. And it did. It went to Barbie. Yeah. But so, yeah, so it wasn't a surprise when they so announced the, Barbie. So the top four should have been the, yeah. or the top five should have been the ones that, that were so in there. So what they put, the way that they frame this is cinematic or box office achievement um, it was um, a cinematic achievement in it didn't necessarily have to be the highest grossing, but it was something that changed the game for cinema. That's why Taylor Swift, uh, her concert movie was nominated. It made a hundred million in its open weekend. A concert movie has never done that before. It's the highest grossing. So I'm, that made sense having that in there. 
Uh, Mario Brothers made a billion dollars this year, so that makes sense having that in there. Oppenheimer is the highest rated R-rated movie ever, so it makes... I don't understand why Mission Impossible was there. John Wick was a nice enough film. I don't know why that was in there. There was a lot of films in there, and I'm like, I don't see the cinematic achievement in this. Is it for a cinematic achievement? It's called the Box Office and Cinematic Achievement Award. Oh. Yeah. Well, then they were probably going with the box office thing. We, we'll get into this when we talk about categories later, but I don't think the Golden Globes really care too much about the names of the categories <laughs> when they go to give out awards, because no. they just give it out to whoever the hell they want. Even though it makes zero sense whatsoever. I mean, you're talking about a a body that nominated Angelina Jolie and Johnny Depp for Best Actor, Best Actress in a Comedy for The Tourist. And I don't know if you ever saw that movie, but that movie is trash. And it got it ha- probably has like a 25% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it made no money. Um, but they nominated because it used to be that the Hollywood Foreign Press, who oversaw the Golden Globes, was like 70 reporters uh journalism uh entertainment journalists from around the world and they would invite they would nominate big name celebrities just so they could like schmooze with them at their breakfast and their luncheons and be like oh i got a photo with johnny depp what was it 21 percent they nominated for the best actor best actress and best movie in a musical <laughs> comedy was that critics 42 yeah oh wow see it's, they did Is there anything f- gay about it? I want to force Jeremy <laughs> to watch that. <laughs> um, so, I mean, the, the gayest thing about it is it got three Golden Globe nominations, and who the head of the uh, Hollywood Foreign Press at the time was a gay man who sexually assaulted Brendan Fraser. So they, there's your gangle. Jeez. Um, mm, yeah. So um, it just they, they do these weird things, and the Golden Globes has already always been known for that. So obviously, a few years ago, they got in a lot of hot water for this kind of stuff and for being racists and being uh, sexual assaulters. So they reinvented the Golden Globes. They invite they found out that of the seventy members of um, these reporters from all around the world, not a single one of them was a person of color. It was seventy white people, and they were like, "Yeah, that." basically makes up the entire entertainment industry, uh, journalism industry. So they added like 300 members and they're trying to rebrand themselves. The Hollywood foreign press technically doesn't exist anymore. And the golden globes were sold off to, I believe Dick Clark presents or Dick Clark's what the people who do the, um, uh, the, the new year's Eve party on ABC um, and the American music awards, they bought it. And then they're trying to really rebrand it. And so they're trying this stuff to make it more edgy. And I feel like, and that's what they did this year. They're like, oh, we're going to go back to being that Ricky Gervais. We're the edgy one. And you need, nobody likes you right now, Golden Globes. You need to stop being edgy. You need to embrace the whole, we love cinema and let's show you why we love cinema. Yeah, I mean, are the are the same, the same journalists are the ones voting, the same 70 plus the ones that yes, added? Yes, plus 300 and they more. And they rebranded to the Golden Globes journalists instead of the Hollywood Foreign Press. Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, I think I don't know. I like awards. I like awards about entertainment, and that's yeah. fine. But I just think you just got to do it right if yeah. you're going to do it at all, and you got to stick to your, you got to stick to what it is. I mean, you know, like even, even here, you know, when we do our best of, if if you're going to vote for somebody for your favorite lawyer, and you and everyone picks an accountant, we're not going to give the award to the accountant. It's going to go to lawyers because yeah. accountants aren't lawyers. So when you have a category that says musical or comedy, it should probably be a fucking comedy. Yeah, if it's I agree. gonna win, I'm very like I mean the show that kept winning is great. 
We'll get into it. Yeah. It's not a comedy, so don't pretend yeah. it is because and you want to give it an award. Here's the interesting, because this is a whole industry industry thing, because this isn't, you're going to notice as we go into award season, this is not just a Golden Globe thing. And I'm you're referencing The Bear, uh, yeah. which was in musical comedy. If you've watched The Bear... It's not a, a comedy. It's a it's a drama with some comical moments. Yeah, it's not even it's it, it's not even a dramedy. If you Google the bear and go to any page about it, it'll say drama series. Yeah, it's a drama. Um, but the Emmys nominated the bear in the comedy categories. Um, all of the well, television, we'll talk about them next week. We oh, we will. I will say the same week. thing. Um, but yeah, there's this whole thing of cat what they call it category stacking, where you take something that's dramatic and maybe has the aura of a comedy. For instance, like The Bear, the creators and writers on The Bear have histories in writing comedy. So it's like, oh, they're comedy writers, air quotes. So we'll put them in the comedy category. But there's nothing comical about the show. It's a drama. No, and and in dramas, you will have comedy in a drama because you don't want the whole thing to be terrible and depressing. I mean, Freddy Krueger made jokes. Those are some funny movies. Uh, they're <laughs> hilarious now. Welcome to primetime, bitch. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> and what's funny is if those movies had been nominated for Golden Globes, they would have nominated them in comedy. I believe Get Out, which is a horror movie, was nominated in comedy categories for the Golden Globes that year. Because they have a funny character in them. Because it's like because they lump horror in with comedy. Um, it's like you have your serious drama, and then everything else falls under. Ca- that probably comedy. would have won that cinematic category. If Get it out! Was, yeah. Oh, yeah. If it, if they had had it, then. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they there's a lot of category stacking that goes on. Um. So let's go to the the open. Let's go to the opening. So I the, so I said who's hosting, and Jen said Joe Coy. Joe Coy, and I and said. You said who the, who's hosting? Who, who's hosting? <laughs> and I, and then she's like, she looked him up, and she goes, this guy. And I went, no idea who that is. And I said, Jen, who is hosting? Yeah. It, it, the, the role of Jen will be played by Jeremy Williams for this evening's performance. So I'm just like, I was like, I don't know who that is. And she's He's like, a stand-up seen... comedian. Exactly. <laughs> so what's he been in? He's done stand-up. <laughs> yeah. He's had a movie. I think I think he did a he does he he did a stand up show yeah. uh, where he talks about his family and she says it's hilarious and I'm like okay so then he comes out and he starts the show and it's I mean it's it's kind of fun in a way because it's like super awkward humor it's fun in watching it, it's fun in the fact that you're watching a man destroy his career <laughs> that's what's fun no I mean I don't I want to say this so I'm gonna. I, I don't want to be too harsh because I have a lot of respect for stand-up comedians. It, I think it's one of the hardest jobs. That and like laying insulation in an attic where you only have like an eight-inch gap. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how people do that. So if I was ranking job. worst jobs in, or hardest jobs in America, one and two. Neck and neck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yes. But yeah. But uh, so it's just difficult because it's you up there. You may be yeah. playing a part. You may be telling things as if they're true that aren't true. But it is you, and people are judging you one hundred percent. There's no other writer. There's no other. There's no other um, character. There's. Yeah. It's not a character. More it's so you. than stand up. Um, and you hear this from from people who have hosted award show hosting is they call it a thankless job. There's like there is no way. That you could do it perfect and people will still find flaws in it in the performance yeah. that you did. It's one of the most least wanted positions 
for any, uh, I mean, every award show goes through uh, the hassle of trying to find somebody who wants to host. Yeah, but the problem, and I have this problem with stand-up comedians, my problem with you is you could bomb, or I could not find you funny, but I'll still have respect for you, yeah. until you start blaming other people. Yes. Thank you. And, and the first one is, don't yell at the audience for not laughing at your stupid yeah. joke. If they didn't find it funny, that's not their fault. So yeah. he goes, and he kept saying that. And he was like, what, you didn't like it? Well, uh. when he said, told the audience to shut up, I was done. I was like, you, it's time to check you out. You're yeah. done. And and he and then he went into talking about how other, he's like, I wasn't the only one writing these jokes. And then he <gasps> yes. told the joke and then nobody laughed. And he goes, I didn't write that one. Yeah. Through your writers after, and I read, people were writing about this on Twitter. After a writer strike, you have the nerve to throw your writers under the bus and be like, "Oh, the thing you thought, the things you thought were unfunny, yeah, it was the right the other writers who." But did I that. actually thought the joke he was referring to was hilarious. I can't remember what it was. I wish I could, um, but it was kind of funny. And I just, I just, you lose an audience, I think, yeah. or you lose like. I'm not the I'm not the in studio audience, but at, at home watching, you lose me when you start saying that the problem is the audience, yeah, or the problem is the other writers. It's like just own what you did, and I I can only imagine that whoever directed this or produced it um, after that, mm-hmm. um, that he came back out and he told another couple of jokes, and I feel like after that they said he You're disappeared. Done. Yeah, it, it, he wasn't in the last half of the show no, until the absolutely very absolutely he disappeared for most of the show after that. Yeah. And I have no doubt that they said, listen, go out, say who's coming out to present after a commercial break, and then get the fuck off stage. Yeah. You're done. Um, the Barbie joke, completely poor taste. Um, what was the Barbie joke? The Barbie joke where he's taught, he's like, two biggest movies this year. We had Oppenheimer, which was this um, think piece about you know the nuclear bomb and how it affected uh, world history. And the other movie was about a plastic dog doll with big boobs. And oh, he said like, boobies. Your big boobies. And I'm like, obviously, first, you didn't see the movie. Secondly, the whole point of the movie is the fact that dumbasses like you make stupid jokes like that about women who make movies. Right. It's like you missed the whole point. Right. And then sitting at the also, table right Barbie's in front of you. boobies are not that big. They're, they're proportionate to her body. <laughs> I mean, there were there were some big boobies in the show last night. <gasps> Ooh, God bless her. Uh, she looked gorgeous. That she dress gorgeous. was gorgeous, but I was scared to death that was one of them <laughs> were going to pop out. <laughs> they were. They have you seen that movie? By the way, hold the holdovers. It's no, on Peacock. I gotta so say, good. I love her. I think she's hilarious. Isn't she the cop in? Uh, I don't want to get this wrong. I'm gonna sound terrible if I. Did. But is she is she in Mur- only murders in the building, or is that somebody else that just? I don't. You know the cop, the detective. And only murders. Uh, in the I building. don't think that's Who her. Is, that's is her? that her? Right. I don't know. Um, but it's on Peacock, and the movie is amazing. So good. It's because it takes up? place in 1968 or 1969, but it's shot on, um, uh, and I'm probably gonna get the millimeters. 35 millimeter film. It's shot on, uh, <laughs> shot on. Old film, it yeah, it is her. That's why she looks familiar. Yeah, and 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 I love her in that. I yeah. think she's a great actress, and she definitely deserves she's, to win. Oh my god, she's gonna. She's the. I think the only one who's guaranteed of the actors who's gonna do a clean sweep this season. Uh, she's so good in this movie. Paul Giamatti, so good in this movie. It's a throwback to like those nineteen seventies kind of 
um, character study movies. It is so good. It's on Peacock. Absolutely watch it. Was so happy that it won a couple of awards. Yeah. You know, I give Barbie a hard time, um, like the movie, just because I think, I don't think that the star of this show is men or Ken. Yeah. And, and Ken gets a lot of the, the attention, the attention yeah. of it, and like you know, was all that buzz about Ryan Gosling, but the the clip they played of Barbie when <gasps> it was nominated was perfect. It was the perfect reminder that it's a really good movie with that the had a, Rhea Perlman scene. Yeah, I thought it was great. I and but see, and there's do they always do this? Do they do they never show a clip? Is it because they have so many awards to give out and the Oscar gives out less, so they show clips of the people? in their in their thing like if you're best, if you're nominated for best actor they'll show a clip of you in that role they change it up they They're, did not do they, it in this they've and done I did it not. in the past um and it just it depends sometimes they'll like they'll have the presenter read out the names and like the camera will zoom in on the person um sometimes they'll have an, a uh, they always need to play a clip it. always play uh, a clip. but i do i like the fact that uh they show clips i do like that the fact the oscars do that most of the time yeah and they so they only did that for two categories last night um, which is weird because like when Woody Harrelson was nominated, it's like we're gonna throw up two pictures of Woody Harrelson because he's not here or Ricky yeah. Gervais or whatever. So um all right, so you know, without continuing to bash that guy, um I just wrote a I wrote a comment for every award. Okay. I do wanna say here that this made it even worse is going from that monologue into whatever the hell it was that Jared Leto and Angela Bassett were doing. That was so weird. Do you know what he called him? What did he call him? Like, Hot Jesus? Oh, yeah. He called him Hot Jesus. Because he's got the long hair and the beard. Also, he's got that, like... He's got that Jesus look. Yeah. I mean, the the stereotypical white man Jesus. I right. Mean, Jesus wasn't white. That's but... true. You are, you are absolutely correct in that. But he's got that stereotypical <laughs> white man. But going from that bad or, monologue. Or he like, look like somebody who might lead a bunch of people into a to, desert yes, to worship he him. He does look like kind of a cult leader. <laughs> yeah. But going into whatever that weird banter they were doing, I have never in my life considered turning. I'm an award show junkie. I feed off of these. I have never in my life ever thought, I'm just going to turn this shit off. This is stupid. Halfway through the Jared Leto thing, I was like, that monologue into this, if the next whatever thing they do isn't better, I'm done. I'm done for the evening. Yeah, I thought he was. I just wrote Jared Leto. It was was so weird. weird. He was weird. That's all. Um, do you want to my next? Can I yes. even say this? I shouldn't say this because we were kind of talking about it. And we shouldn't talk about people's bodies. They were just, and she looked fantastic. Yeah. Right. I do want to say that. But I did write this. I know why the caged boobies sing. <laughs> They're just, it's just, it had mad, more Drew mal- malfunction potential all over it. Yeah. Um, they cut to, oh, who's the one from Poker Face? The one she was in American Pie? What was she wearing? That was uh, another Natasha thing. Where she, Natasha. Leone? Leona um, she Where she had these Natasha weird Leone. things coming up from her dress. I, I honestly think Bjork dressed some of these people for the <laughs> night. Because they just had weird dresses on. Um, but yeah, that one, I saw that. And then, obviously, uh, Divine in her... Um, and so she won for for a holdovers best supporting actress uh, in a motion picture. Okay, um, and then the next award up was for um, best actress in. A, oh, this is where um, they did best actress and best actor for limited series. Right, and um, I just want to say I was Charles Melton is hot. Yes, 
Oh have you goodness. wait a minute? That, I, is he from? He's in. He's you know, in he's May December. May December. We haven't seen have that. You, I have. Oh, have you? Is it good? It's got to be, isn't it's it? It's a very good movie. It's on Netflix. It's a very weird, but it's very intriguing. However, there's a scene in it where he's having sex, and he he gets up from the situation, and you see a very erect situation. Now, I did look find out later that this is a prosthetic. However, it did not matter. <laughs> I was. I watched that scene 13 times in a row. As I used to say back in the day, you wore a hole in that tape. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I Because the first time. Because we used to have to watch things on, on an actual yes. videotape. As I was watching it, because I didn't know this scene existed, <laughs> as it happened, I was like, what did I just see? That couldn't have been what I saw. So I rewinded it, and I was like, mm, that was what I saw. Let's do it again. Let's look again. Let's look at it from this angle. I felt like an NFL commentator. I was like, now we're going to look at it from this camera angle. Now we're going to do it in super slow-mo. It, uh, it's an impressive scene. Um, I hope that wins best hair and makeup. And <laughs> I did not. Um, oh, what did you think about his, about the guy's joke about the salt burn? Um, the penis? The penis being, being the nose from my I... And that it made its way around, uh, or that I expected, I didn't expect to see it on Bradley Cooper's face. Here's there was the something thing. about that sentence I don't, that was like, oh. I don't know how jokes, as a white man in America, I'm not sure how I'm supposed to take jokes. I took that to be anti-Semitic. Right. But I am not Jewish, so I don't know if it was anti-Semitic. However, I did think that the joke was low-hanging fruit. <laughs> That's what's yours. That's what's yours <laughs> just now. Um, is um, I mean, I watched the movie. How would I have missed this? Is 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 he Jewish? In Saltburn? Oh my God! His name is is Keoghan. No, the other guy. Oh, Maestro. He yeah, he is. Oh, Larry Bernstein. I was like, yes, I'm Larry. Larry Bird. Leonard Bernstein. Yes, yes, he is very Jewish. Well, then then I then I take back what I said, and I think that that is an anti-Semitic I comment. Thought so. And that it is not appropriate. Yeah, I, that, I. That's why I was like, "What? I can't believe that they would let that joke go." Who did the bit about white people roles? Audra Day. Oh, oh my God! Those two were cracking. Was it, was me it up. Audra Day that did it? No, it was somebody else. No, but Audra Day and um, um. Oh, what is his name? He's on Colbert. He's um, one. I want to say like John 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 Baptiste. Baptiste. Yes, isn't that is that the painter that had the. This. No, that was Basquet. Okay. <laughs> John Baptiste and Andre Day giggling on. I don't know if it was that they just did good get through the um, uh, get through the the terrible script they had written, or that they had some sort of inside joke. But they were giggling through the whole thing. I'm just gonna go with he. And was it was high. cracking me up. I got high vibes from him. Like he, like he. Oh, I would totally get high with him too. He seems like a, a as they say in the jazz scene. He seems like a cool cat. Yeah. I mean, there's a way he said that's fire. Yeah. I was like, like, yeah, yeah, you just lit up before I'm you got like, there. I loved, uh, and he's also, because he has a documentary called American Symphony. Um, he's favored to be nominated. He didn't get a nomination at the Golden Globes, but he's favored to get nominated for an Oscar for oh, his nice. song from that. And uh, I hope he wins. He's, he's awesome. Um, I did not expect Robert Downey Jr. to win. I did. Um, he's favored to win. Um, him why? and Ryan Gosling are kind of neck and neck. Here's the thing, and and this happened a lot with not Oppenheimer, is in the film world, 
they they call them subtle performances. And a lot of times they don't get recognized for awards because the people are most more focused on the big showy roles. Um, but that one scene, uh, did, you saw Oppenheimer, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. the one scene after he um, he leaves the Senate hearing and he's in that back room chamber room and he's losing his shit. That's they call that his Oscar clip. Oh, okay. And that's where that where that guy was kind of screwing him over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, was, was, that like, was a good scene. Yeah, and he's like, "What the fuck?" Um, also, th- particularly when it comes to men, um, award shows love men who change their appearance. Whether you put a big rubber nose on yourself like Bradley Cooper, or you shave your head and you look like uh, George Costanza with your bald head, like um, Robert Downey Jr. did. They love people who do kind of physical transformations when you're quote unquote attractive and you detractify yourself. So um, also I thought he just did a really good job. I, it's a very subtle performance, but that scene specifically, I think is what people focus on. All right. Um, for, I mean, it was, it was morning. good. It was, yeah. I mean, I don't think he did a bad job. I just, I'm surprised. Cause I think of yeah. like Oscar moments, but you're right. That was a, that was an Oscar. Yeah. worthy. Also right. something to keep in mind is um, uh, with award shows, a lot of it's their time comes into factor. So a lot of performances that may not be in of them themselves considered as award winning, taking it into this story of, oh, this is also Robert Downey Jr. who's been huffing it for for 40 years, 50 years in Hollywood, who is responsible for basically making the MCU what it is. And he's had several Oscar nominations and award nominations and never won. So it just he's got that whole story of it's yeah. his time kind of thing. I um I I don't know much about him. All right, I didn't, but I gathered some things from last night. Yeah, and that a he's funny. Yeah, you know um that 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 sort of reluctance, that sarcasm of like uh, like this isn't to be celebrated. This is like you know it, I forget the words that he used, but like this is pathetic kind of a thing. Yeah. was was kind of hilarious. And when he said that thing about like. My agent said I needed to reinvent my career, and I hate um, when agents are and, right. <laughs> and I had to prove them right by winning an Oscar, and so it was, it, or winning a Golden Globe. So I thought that was all really good, and he was funny. And then when later on, and I don't want to give it away as to who won an award later, but that speech that that award winner gave about having to give the last speech he did, and how Robert Downey <laughs> oh, Jr. Yeah. helped through it, I just melted. I thought. I really have a whole new respect for him yeah. for overcoming everything he's he's overcome yeah. to be what he is today. And that, see, it's you don't get to see this in everybody, right? Because we're not friends with any of these people. Um, you don't see how he has transformed his life into helping others. And so when you hear about it, it's just really touching. And I thought, I have a whole new respect for yeah. him. And that's the whole thing that comes in with award season is there's it's not just your performance. It's that whole narrative around why you should win. Because, I mean, it's art, so it's all subjective anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's this they build this whole story, and it starts with the uh, the Golden Globes. It's the first award show of the season, and it starts with you doing, if you win, your acceptance speech has to make people say, I want to hear what else he has to say, so we're going to give him the Critics' Choice Award. And I liked what, that, a lot of people say that's why Brandon Fraser won, because he kept winning for The Whale, and every speech got better and better. Until, until that weird, show. until that weird Oscar <laughs> speech with all the whale puns. At that point, he's like, "I don't give a crap." Now I won the Oscar. Here's ninety whale puns for you. Orlando Bloom looked good, don't you think? Uh, I appreciate Orlando Bloom for what he does in his craft. I have never found a Lord Orlando Bloom attractive. Um, that's probably because you can't say his name. 
but <laughs> I have had a box of wine. <laughs> but oh, wait, you, know what, you know what's so funny about this? I always forget that you're drinking during these shows. I don't. And then I'm like, Jesus, Jeremy, pull it together. <laughs> Orlando anyway. Bloom. Yeah. Uh, I think he's... I mean, you've never, never, not even in, not Legolas was not hot to you? No. The Legolas only was the hottest time, thing ever in the history the of The only movies. time Orlando Bloom was attractive to me is when I saw the leaked nude photos of him. Oh. And I was like, mm, Orlando Bloom. This. Um, the only thing hotter or equally as hot as Orlando Bloom in Lord of the Rings would be uh, Johnny Depp and Crybaby. <gasps> Johnny Depp in anything in the 80s. Johnny Depp <sighs> in a crop top in Nightmare on Elm Street awoke oh, the yeah. homosexual in me. Uh, I think we've talked about that. We but did. Episode one, I think. Six-year-old Jeremy was like, <laughs> yeah, I like the penis. <laughs> and then there are moments where I don't forget that you're drinking. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, what else did I write here? Um Oh, so who won? So, um, best actress in a limited. Yeah, they did actor and actress, which were um, Ali Wong and. Right. So when Ali for both from Beef, the leads from Beef. When Ali Wong won, <laughs> and then she kissed the Bill Hader, <gasps> I was like, <gasps> I went right to Google, and I was I like, did... Are they dating? And they are. <laughs> okay, so this will this is this will make sense to you because I wanted to be at that party in good grief, and you think they're all pretentious. Sure. So here's a pretentious thing about me: as I sit here and I think of things, and I will look at Caitlin, I say, Look that up. And when I'm at home. I did that to Jen. So oh, we're you? sitting there, and I was like, are they together? And I looked at Jen, like, look that up. I mean, my phone was right there. I could have done it myself. But she looked it up and said, yeah, they're dating. And then she gets up, and she's like, I want to thank the father of my children. And it yeah. wasn't Bill Hader. And I thought, no. they're not married. They're just dating. And they just, she just, um, they were set, because uh, I, I went for a deep dive with this. Her and her husband separated about a year ago, or two years ago, because they finalized their divorce in mid-2023. Um, and she start. They apparently Bill Hader and Ali uh, Wong had dated before, and had restarted dating over the last few months. People had seen them together, so they got back together. I'm not saying that's why her marriage fell apart, but it seems like the timing is that's why her marriage <laughs> fell apart. Well, when she won, and she won for beef. The, for beef, yeah. And then I was like, hmm, should I watch beef? And then Stephen Yun won right behind yes. her, and I love him. And I said I should definitely watch beef. And then I wrote poor Bat Momer. Poor Matt Bomer, because uh, you know we wanted yeah. him to win. But honestly, I thought Skippy was the highlight of the yeah. show for me. Um, so. After those two, because uh, I have I for a long time I did not have Netflix because I had to I had to cut string somewhere. Um, so that was one of the the streaming services that didn't make it. I recently uh, re-upped it for for things we wanted to watch. But um, after watching those two, I was like, I should really watch Beef. And then when it won Best miniseries and the guy got up there and he says this was based off an actual event of road rage that happened to me i was like i gotta watch this thing now he was hilarious yeah. too because he's like yeah this happened an actual road rage is and it's so um to to the person that that inspired the story i hope you're out there inspiring <laughs> other people to be the best thing he was great yeah so i definitely we need to check out beef now hopefully yeah. we'll find some queer characters in it and we can talk about yeah, it on here. that'd be nice um one thing i did notice about the thing and we talked about this earlier today but the seating arrangements being so off that like yeah. i felt so bad for bradley cooper because he had to stand up every time somebody won an award so they can get through and the and, poor and guy and maestro won win. nothing yeah um i do find it weird they're set up because and they always put um mini series or limited series up on the 
the second tier. And every year, without fail, they have no idea how to get to the stage. Do they not? Just have a path. Ju- yeah, just let them t- let them know, hey, you're, you're, you're nominated. If you win, this yeah. is how you go you up You have there. a path. You said, there's not a lot of people. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, you can send it. You know what? Here's how you do it, right? You just send it to yourself, but then you blind copy everybody else. This way you don't have to share all their private email addresses. And then you say, hey, here's the path. Yeah. Or just like light the path. Have yeah. a path. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. So, Beef One. I thought it was really interesting with the television categories. I don't know if you want to lump it this way. Um, but uh, they've got the drama, they've got the musical comedy, and they've got the limited series. And the top three awards for all of them were the same show. So, um, Beef won Best Show, Best Miniseries, Best Actor, Actress. Comedy, uh, The Bear. It was like Joey Tribbiani was voting. Yeah. Beef, good. Bear, good. <laughs> Succession, good. Um, so Succession won the top three in drama. Bear won the top three in comedy and musical, which I think we're both in agreement that that is not a comedy or a musical. I'm shaking my head. Um, so, um, and then Beef won the top three in limited series. Beef, I mean, Bear is a good show. Absolutely. I watched the first episode I've and thought, couple- this is going to be really good. And I, I stopped because I, I thought it was something that Dylan might want to watch and we were just trying to get the timing yeah. down to watch it. I think it's a great show. And that girl that was in Bottoms. I love her. So she, happy she, she won. She won. She's great. But um, it is so I not don't take anything away from them. But you're not a comedy. You don't act like one. Yeah. And you, I mean, do they submit for a comedy? They submit for probably, comedy because yeah. they know Succession's going to win and they want to win. Yeah, probably. And then you take. I mean, it's it's there for comic value. You know what I said like, about the bear? Um, I said the bear won. What is this? The bear. I was like, do they sing? Because <laughs> it ain't funny. No. Um, do you remember The Martian with Matt Damon? Yes. You know that was nominated for Best Actor and Best uh, Film for Comedy Musical? Is it because... <laughs> what was Sorry, that? everybody got... Re- a car just drove by that was blaring music. That was a car? That was so loud. It was so loud in here. Oh, my God. I thought somebody turned on their radio or something anyway i mean they talk about music in the martian they talk about how she has this terrible collection of disco music so maybe that's i mean it was pretty hilarious how he had to grow the potatoes but still if we're using yeah wasn't it hilarious when it blew up and he lost all of his work and he was gonna starve to death that's hilarious anyway so yeah they've they're just the the categorizing of some of these things is just weird. I think that they use the same the same logic that we use, like when we say we're going to talk about queer things. Yeah, and we're like, oh, somebody said the word gay in this movie. We can talk about it. <laughs> yeah, so somebody told a joke in this show. His so last name is gay, so we'll talk about that. <laughs> um, they also there's a lot of criticism about um, in uh, featured actor and supporting actor or supporting actress, featured actress or lead actress. Um, of what is what fits in what category? Because a lot of times, um, they'll they'll um, if they don't think somebody will uh, get a nomination or a win in the lead category, they'll bump them down to um, uh, supporting, even though they're in almost the entire film. Uh, something very similar happened Mich- originally last year for the Fablemans. They wanted to, to submit uh, Michelle Williams as supporting actress. And she was like, no, I am in almost the entire film. Put me in for Best Actress. And they're like, well, you'll have a better shot at winning Best Supporting Actress. She goes, that's not what it's about. She goes, I am a lead performance. Put me in the lead category. And she lost. And absolutely, she would have won if 
she was put in supporting actress, but she goes, I'm not, I'm not doing a category. I have, a, I, have a, I have a respect for so her. much respect. And for I think that the shows, the awards people need to take control of this. Yeah. And it needs to be, no, we're going to put you in what we deem you to be. Yeah, and they've done a little bit of that. Um, one thing that they announced uh, last week is on almost every award show, Barbie is in original screenplay. And the Academy Awards said, Barbie is not an original idea. It's a, based on a property that's been around for decades. You're going in adapted screenplay. So they're starting to crack down on this. Oh, that's bit. good. Yeah, Because what you do is you take away... Um, you know, like I think, I think Ted Lasso should have won some awards. Like, okay, so um, the girl who plays Rebecca, yeah, Hannah, Hannah Whittingham, like yeah, Hannah something, yeah, she is Hannah Wintour. She, <laughs> um, she is. All the gays are gonna love that. Show. <laughs> <laughs> she's um, she's fantastic, and I wanted her to win so bad. Yeah, and and so when you when you put the wrong people in the wrong category, then, then you, What's you take away the opportunity. What's funny in that category is her category, because the supporting categories, they don't differentiate. So that category is not oh, split. Oh, okay. However, um, Meryl Streep was highly favored to win that category, and she didn't win. The The actress who plays Diane, Princess Diana in The Crown won, and that was one of the shocking things. People were like, oh, everybody's, everybody said Meryl Streep was going to win that one. Um, and it's, it's, I mean, I love Only Murders in the Building. And I find, I think that's one of the best shows that have been, has been on television, whether drama or comedy, in years. And that has not won an Emmy or a Golden Globe for anything. Do you know how, and it, it also, the formula of it, right? You get Selena Gomez. Yeah. And then you get Martin Short and Steve Martin and, and that comedy. So now your audience is, is a wide audience yeah. because people who are, you know, older people, are gonna watch. You got it the for olds this. coming for the yeah, olds, and, you and the youngs coming for the youngs, and it's it's just a great. And then you pepper it with like you know these fantastic. You throw actors. some Paul Rudd in there. You throw some Meryl Streep in there. I have not seen this last season though. <gasps> I need to you watch haven't? it. No, and I haven't seen. Um, I haven't watched. Um, the morning show, which oh, hearing their describe the, the way they described it, I'm like, I need, I need to, to watch I need to, this. I need to catch back up on that. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we need to do that. Now, I want to give you the last the last eight minutes of this, if we can do it in eight minutes. Yes. Because I know this is like your thing, and, and we sometimes talk too much, and we don't get to all the things that you want to say. So you can have the last eight minutes to talk about the Golden Globes, however you want. Okay, I just want to talk about the movie portion really quick. Um, it kind of lined some things up for the Oscars coming up. There was kind of up in the air of like, who's going to get nominated for this? Who's kind of uh, the front runner for this? Oppenheimer kind of locked in. I think you're going to see that win Best Picture for everything. Um, I know that um, a lot of people have some. <laughs> Do you not like that? Movie? No, I just I, I was thinking I need to rewatch it, and then I remember the guy's jokes about it and how it was like his his goal in 2024 <laughs> is to finish it in 2025. It is a long movie. It so is. So I feel like I need to watch it again, but I do remember really liking it. Yeah, um, Oppenheimer going to win Best Picture, Best Director. I think that's a pretty much lot for anything that you want, any award shows you watch. Um, Barbie, I think, came out of this a little weaker than than it went in. It came in as the most nominated movie. It only won two, and one that it won was for that cinematic achievement. Which it totally deserved. Which no other award show has that category. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's not like it's like, oh, you're going to sweep cinematic achievement this year. It's The Golden Globes are the only one who the Oscars needs category. The Oscars need to have a category where they acknowledge they actually, box office success. When they were working on, because the ratings were super low a few years ago, they, they actually announced that they were going to do a similar category. It was like box office champion. 
and people lost their shit and said, that's not what the Oscars are about. It's about cinema, or it's about um, artistic achievement, and who cares what made the most money at the box office, blah, blah, blah. And the Academy was like, we understand. We understand that you're upset. We'll pull the category. I don't think it's about who made the most money. It's about who made something that that in, that energized people the most yeah. to, to get them out. Because if people stop going to theaters, yeah. you wouldn't have the Oscars. One of the big arguments with that category is they thought that it would keep the academy from voting for big movies like that in best picture it's like oh we're not going to nominate barbie for best picture because we'll put it in best cinematic achievement well what are they worried about that already happens yeah that's what i'm saying that's how you end up with poor things that's actually how first of all have you seen poor things i I, you know what here's what i i'm gonna i was gonna make a pact on this show (laughs) with you yeah that i would see all of the oscar nominated shows Uh uh-huh and i saw that thing last night and i said son of a bitch I'm going to have to watch this movie. I'll be honest. I went into poor things expecting it because I've heard some things about it. It's a very weird movie. I went in expecting it to be stupid and I fucking loved it. It is so weird. The dance scene alone cracks me up. I don't find I don't find weirdness for art's sake to be entertaining. Like to that's my Dan Levy for you. Gotcha. If I had a like, if somebody does something just to be weirdly artistic, I'm gonna watch it and like it's gonna be cringe. I'm gonna want to throw things at the at the screen, but I'm gonna watch it because I'm making this pack. I um I absolutely loved it, but I love I, her. She's fantastic in it. She's a great and everything. When uh, she won, Mark Ruffalo in it. He's a he's the villain in it. Blew my mind. I have never seen him in a role like this, and he was he killed me in it. I loved him when she won. Her uh, her Golden Globe. I wanted her to get up on the stage and be like, "Oh hell yeah, <laughs> <laughs> stinky big Golden Globe." Uh, but I I liked Poor Things. It's it, Poor Things is a very divisive movie this season. Um, so we'll see. I think it's going to get a lot of nominations. I don't know how much it's going to win. Once you're at the Oscars and the categories aren't split, drama and comedy, um, I think Lily Gladstone uh, with um, Killers of Flower Moon is going to clean up mm-hmm. with everything. Um, I like but her speech. Emma, Tom, em, uh, Emma Stone already has an Oscar, so I'm not too heartbroken. She mm-hmm. won't win it. Probably you, won't win if it. If you don't know what I'm referring to about Emma Stone and the, oh, hell yeah, just Google any performance she does on Saturday Night Live when she plays the poster she, girl. It's hilarious. She should have an Emmy for yes. already for, and I don't know, she might, I don't know if she does, but she deserves, if she doesn't she, already have an Emmy. Iceberg for, got nominated for an Emmy. She, yeah, she, she deserves, she's so nominated. good. Yeah, on, she, at, you know, she's married to a writer from SNL. Oh, really? Yeah, I was, go- I was looking, I do research as I'm watching the award shows. She met her husband, he's a writer on SNL and met him. Is and, SNL a gateway for... It's I like know. You get a job at SNL, you can Os- marry a superstar. Uh, huge celebrity actresses are marrying writers on SNL left and right. It's crazy. <laughs> um, the Holdovers, absolutely watch it. So good. Uh, Divine is, I forget her last name, is going to win Best Supporting Actress. I don't know if Paul Giamatti will be able to pull out Best Actor. He absolutely should. He's a great should. actor. He is so good and he so deserves it. I don't know if you ever saw Sideways, that wine movie. Back about fifteen, ten years I did ago, it. it seemed it, it was it was 
the poor things equivalent of that time frame. It's good. You should watch it. It's from the same director who did the holdovers. Um, but I hope to God he wins. I know Killian Murphy is favored to win the Oscar for Oppenheimer, and I know why do they keep Bradley saying Killian Cooper? Murphy and and Christopher Nolan have worked together for twenty years? Is it because they did previous movies? But it, yeah, be, he said you've you've been my partner for twenty he's years. He's been in almost every single. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's been in almost every Christopher Nolan movie since he started Batman Begins. Okay. Yeah, um, they just they they hit it off in Batman Begins, and he's been in almost every single one of his movies, um, e- even if it's just a cameo in it. He always pops up. Um, Anatomy of a Fall is another one to keep an eye out for. I want to see that. I, I want to see it. It's it won two uh, Golden Globes that it was not. Exp- it won screenplay and it won um, uh, international feature, um, which it was not expected to win, but. Um, the actress in that she was nominated. She's they call her a dark horse. Um, she's possibly might upset um, Lily Gladstone and Emma Stone and actually win the Oscar. Um, but yeah, oh, we'll have her, to watch it. Her performance in it apparently is quite amazing. When did the Oscar nominations come out? Oscar nominations come out at the end of January. So I wrote it down. It's on my desk. Okay. Uh, the the um, we've got the award season. So the uh, the next one up is the SAG nominations are coming up, I believe, on Wednesday. And we've got BAFTA that follows the following week. And then the 23rd of January, I believe, is when the Oscar nominations come out. And that's in March? And that is in March. Yeah. So we'll have uh, BAFTAs at mid-February, SAG at the end of February, and then uh, Oscars So I have about a month and a half March. to watch the Oscar award-winning shows. Yes, yes. And I'll get, I'll get you a list of what you should probably watch that's most likely going to get nominated. Uh, definitely check out Holdovers. Um, that's on Peacock. You can watch Barbie on Max if you haven't watched that or if you want to watch that again. Um, but there's a couple of them that are making their, their way <laughs> onto uh, the streaming services um, that are on there or will be on there in the next couple of weeks. So, um, Oh, one <laughs> One thing I just want to say real yes. fast, if I can. I, I recommend, if you haven't watched this, that you watch this. Um, I love Peacock because they have seemed to have invested a lot into Kevin Hart. And yes, they have. I don't have. know if we're supposed to like him or not, but I just think he's hilarious. And um, he and Kenan Thompson <gasps> yes. did a 2023 recap. They did. They do. This is the second year that they've done this. Is he did it too? Yeah. Because I know that. It. I, was it the Olympics? <laughs> the Olympics. Snoop and Snoop. Kevin Hart. Oh my god! But the crack. last two years, Kenan <laughs> and Kevin have done when it. When the horse was when the horse was doing the thing, and he's like, he was crying, laughing about like he goes, "Look at that horse." Anyway, um, there was a bit on this. Did you watch it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that thing about the guy with the squirrel. I'm gonna cry. I can't. It's like he's like like oh, this, watch how the squirrel's gonna jump out of my hands. <laughs> so those who haven't seen, it's a video on <laughs> X or something, and he's holding a squirrel and he's showing the camera, and the squirrel's trying to jump out of his hand, and it gets away from him and runs, and the guy chases after him, and he's nude. <laughs> so. You can only imagine what what he was planning on doing with this squirrel. The Kevin Hart gets saved. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "What are you going to do with that squirrel? You're naked." Um, yeah. So if you haven't seen it, it's uh, exactly what he does in the show. Watch uh, it. It's it's an it. interesting video. Yeah, the guy's butt ass naked. Uh, sorry about that. I'm back. Yeah. 
you lost me for a second. I'm gonna have to go home and watch that. That's that was some funny stuff. Ooh, it's a good show. It's uh, it is quite a video. You should check it out. But the whole show, yeah, it's it's a good uh, it's a good watch. It's a nice easy breezy watch. Maybe we nice can put recap. It on, we'll put it on our socials, and I'll do nothing for a day but watch it and laugh. <laughs> Oi! All right, so next week is our our one year anniversary. One year so anniversary. I'm sure we'll have some some fun surprises planned, and uh, and some new fun exciting things to talk about. <laughs> or or we'll just talk about the Emmys. <laughs> or we'll talk about the Emmys. We'll find something. Um, but until then, uh, we'll uh, we'll put the cat the Jesus. We'll put the cork we'll put the back Jesus. in the bottle.